and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 29. I, I had it. I had it. No, you didn't. It was in my brain matter. Like, my brain is broken and really can only count at this point, so, like, it's cool. <laughs> as long as you can deal with everything else, it's fine. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... David McBroney, fanboy master, you can like uh, you can seriously just call me that asshole and I'll probably respond. I was gonna do a whole joke of I'm your host, Ratchet, and, and with me is always Clank, and I totally forgot. And we have a guest this week. Returning uh, guest. I am back. Welcome back. To more havoc and to force feed you all some sea salt ice cream. Oh man! No, no, no! I have to. I want to taste that one day. Kingdom Hearts has been advertising Uh, it to me for over ten years at this point. Kingdom Hearts. I mean, you just need a Kingdom Hearts themed Cold Stone Creamery game. Kingdom Hearts Absurd Fraction Edition. Three fifty-eight days over two. (laughs) Forget what frightens you. And we get here such riveting voice acting lines. Just scoop it up, Daddy. <laughs> Though there is an actual Coastal Creamery game, and it's pretty awful. Yeah, that's, I saw that. Oh, wait, that's How baffling. That? The like the Wii was full of things, or it's like, why does this have a game? I don't, I don't know. Someone paid someone like four dollars to do it, and it happened. That's crazy. It was a drunken dare bet. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's see here. So, uh, Eric, I believe you have also been playing. Seventh Dragon Three, is that correct? Yes. I figured we should probably take a few minutes to compare notes now that the um, the preview embargo is up. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I think, I think it went up as early as Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, it was the thirty first, I believe. This guy I know still kind of was posting stuff on it. It's like, oh, so it's up. Yeah. I I forgot to you know actually look. So you enjoying? Not enjoying? I remember you said something about dying a lot. Uh, no, I said things about killing dragons a oh, lot. Oh, okay. Good. And it's kind of pointless to play on the higher difficulty because um, all it really does is make the enemy hurt you a lot more. Yeah. And uh... The only problem with that is that it becomes too easy at a certain point. So yeah. It's a really bad balance of difficulty, I'm saying. But it's still a fun game. Yeah, it's really fun. There's just, like, a lot of ways to just uh, completely destroy things, depending on how you mix different characters' abilities. And uh, the classes, I think, are really fun. You know, even I also if you noticed that the LGBT representation in the game is due a lot more to the fact that the game doesn't really take account to who your leader is at any given point. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, it's a like, kind of accidental representation. Yeah, well, and it's funny because you, eventually you get. Um, Which is funny because there are actually LGBT characters in the game. Yeah, it, it's just funny because you eventually get you can make like multiple parties, and if you switch to the other one, you know, people will talk to the leader of that second party like they've been the main character the entire game. <laughs> so, you know, what's this? Uh, my character's dating a fourteen-year-old. Okay. Oh. I, oh, could be, I could be the old middle-aged man for all I know. That could be hyper-questionable, depending upon what your character is at the moment. Yeah, well, 
The game does not take a lot all that seriously. Uh, oh, that's probably the best. Like, there is, like, this rabbit thing that swears a lot and kind of directs you along with no real explanation and I can recall of what the heck he is. Was there an explanation? No. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think if so. If there is, it, it won't happen until much later, but I haven't gotten that far. Uh, I'm being disrespected. I have been misled about the content of what Seventh Dragon even is. <laughs> it's, you know, anime dungeon crawler. Good times. Uh, oh, hey, so, it can compete with the just-announced for localization Criminal Girls, too. Oh. Well, I don't even... You, the thing is, I don't even know if dungeon crawler is the right word, because dungeons aren't, okay. like, super huge. Uh, maybe... I don't even want to call it a dungeon crawler light. It's just, like, it's a fun RPG. It's not... Um, it's linear, but not over-linear. Uh, you get a lot of party customization. Uh, as far as I've gotten in, you can make two parties, so... Uh, and the ni the nice thing about the multi-party system is the party that's not fighting still gains experience. So you can get them up to the same level just by using your main party. And then, you know, you've got fully leveled two parties to work with. And Actually, if they have three parties, you can switch out. Yeah, I figured... I haven't gotten to the point where you get three, but it looked just based on how the screen's set up, I assume there would be three, so... That's even better. Uh, obviously, like we talked about, it's pretty much on the easy side once you figure out how to, uh, you know, break, break the game. Yeah, <laughs> break the break the game. See, over if I put enough poison, this skill, I totally own everything. Yeah. Uh, like my my favorite thing is there's like That's a the same ride with whirlwind, and he can attack an enemy up to fourteen times. Nice. So I've got a character that I used with the elemental elemental follow-up ability with the um, the mage card guy who can set up automatic abilities that run every turn. and Also, that multi-hit ability is pretty much the only way you're going to kill the Dragon's Bane Seeds that drop lots of XP. Yeah. But yeah, it's not just, you know... Um, you know, max out this character and max out that character. It's a lot about how the different classes interact with each other and how you kind of uh, work them together. But it's really fun. You know, I, I know some games where you can kind of break the game over your knee and it's just kind of boring, but I actually enjoy... You know, I'm someone who likes playing games on harder modes, but I actually enjoy going through and, like, seeing how I can wreck things with new abilities I've unlocked and whatnot. It's It's really fun. And I'm interested to see uh, how it ends up through and through. It does kind of feel like um, I would get a lot more enjoyment out of this had I played the two 2020 games. Uh, so that is kind of sad. I think it is kind of sad, though, that the game actually doesn't look as good as those last two did. Because yeah. those were PSP games, and they somehow have better graphics. Yeah, and the, this game doesn't even have the 3D effect, which is odd. It could have benefited from two. Yeah. That just makes me wonder if it started out as a PSP game and then just got hastily ported. Yeah. Could be. But, I mean, it's it's really solid uh, mechanics-wise, and, you know, it's not a terrible-looking game by any stretch, so... Um, uh, obviously, we all wish we had kind of gotten to experience the series for better or for worse from the start, but 
uh, it is nice to at least finally get one officially. And uh, there is a fan translation out for the first 2020 game. Uh, so hopefully we'll... Yeah. Hopefully, for the original Seventh Dragon. Yeah, that's right. And for the original Seventh Dragon. So with that in mind, um, the full series should, I presume, eventually be available. I think some of the, bike rock. Yeah. I think most of the enemy names are pretty generic, but a couple of them stand out like an evil Tyrannosaurus. Like, oh, it's a dragon, and they're already <laughs> evil, so how evil could this guy possibly be? <laughs> At least it's better than the translation, apparently, that I saw for Seven Dragon 2020, where a dragon was called Bad Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. That's good. Just, yeah. just make get the most generic makes me name. wonder if whether or not the dragons in that game have personality that would make it more fun yeah it's a bad dragon cool so dragons dragon. are like dragons. dragons are like permanent FOEs so like when you kill them they're gone but they're FOEs in terms of difficulty and they can even invade if you're fighting one or just a group of enemies they can join in a battle if you're too close to them and you spend too many turns yeah Yeah, it's a pretty fun game, though. Um, I hope people give it a shot, and um, it's nice to see Sega bring it over. Hopefully that series continues in some regard. Um, I assume they own the rights since uh, Image Epoch is very much gone. So, we'll see. In the ground. We shall see. Alright, let's move on to some questions. Uh, and responses. Let's see here. Uh, Budai has some questions. Let me see what he's got here. Okay. Uh, okay, let's do this. Alice talks about Super, War Super Robot Wars on RPG Cast, and David seems to be really into this <laughs> lately. I'm sort of familiar with this only because I've listened to a lot of talking about it. Would it be too much to get an overview of the series and what the big deal is? It doesn't have to be in-depth, game by game, but go ahead and tell me about it in a general way. Like, in a way, I would describe someone who's never played Dragon Quest to them. Uh, you're, you're lucky that you don't want game by game. <laughs> There's like 40 of them, and I can talk about most of them. Um, I... The big deal is that a Japanese company that made a lot of licensed games got real ambitious this one time and was like, hey, what if we licensed a bunch of different animes about robots and had them all fight each other in a strategy RPG because that's what we know how to make that won't just break horribly. So they made Super Robot Wars, and after the first one they were like, hmm, maybe we should actually give a plot. So that happened. Um, in terms of gameplay... Like, a lot of it is sort of like that Fire Emblem design, where, like, you go up and attack something, and then it has the chance to attack you back, and so, you know, that's kind of your core, but you also have, uh, like, each unit will have its own unique attacks that have different ranges and different, uh, uh, like, individual powers, so, like, uh, you know, your unit's, like, giant, stupid laser position is going to do more damage than if you punch something. That sort of thing. It's a, it's a fairly standard strategy RPG, but like the further you go, the more 
They have, like, reams and reams of text, so if you're fond of that sort of uh, dumb crossover uh, story, then that's fun. And also, the later ones tend to have really, 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 like, lavish 2D animation, which is very good if you're fond of that sort of, like, here's a really, really hyper-detailed sprite art of a robot punching another robot in the face. (laughs) Like I can, I could go into much more depth about like the gameplay and how the whole thing's set up, but like it's it's fairly traditional strategy RPG, and so that's like the the most high level version of it is you know strategy RPG. Set up your uh, robots and have them go knock each other down. Um, robots. I just try to think of like yeah, like there's the the only. The big problem that the series runs into is that the nature of its creation, as I just mentioned, means that, like, it's like when Capcom was trying to localize Tatsunoko versus Capcom, if anyone remembers that, where, like, they said, we're going to try, and, like, what was one big license in Japan, where they just paid Tatsunoko, like, a bazillion dollars, in America... It was like, okay, they sub-licensed these out to like seven different companies, and all of them want individual licensing fees. That's basically the situation that Super Robot Wars runs into, and why it basically can never happen here. So the only ones that we've ever gotten are the ones that are entirely original characters. And those are actually probably the best games, but they do lose what a lot of people would consider a core appeal, so that's kind of the thing, but Super Robot Wars Original Generation 1 and 2 for Game Boy Advance were both Atlas localized nicely and are both, I think, really fun. Like, if you want a good verbal tactical RPG, like, those are so worth checking down, although I have no idea how much they cost at this point. <laughs> uh, like, the other thing about it is that if you've ever watched the constituent shows, it becomes a lot easier to play the games in Japanese because you'll see something and it's like, oh, these two characters they're talking heads at each other, they're probably reenacting part of their show's plot. So, like, the more, like, you're familiar with what is being crossed over, the more it's like, oh, I can play this in Japanese because all of the menus are always the same from game to game. <laughs> so, you know. That's that's basically, the, like, the most overview I can give without just delving into, oh, man, I really, really liked this one. <laughs> I don't want wheels to die. Robots. I'm looking forward to that being your entire statement throughout this podcast. Robots. Well, you can phrase in so many different ways. Robots? Robots. Robot house. Robots? Are you going to talk about hit uh, awful mid-2000s CG film robots? Hmm. Oh, God. I I doubt you remember that that happened. Rise Uh, of the Robots. Oh man, I do remember that. The robot is dreadful, but yeah, like like the big deal is that they're like you know competent strategy RPGs that release like clockwork. Like I think this is like their twenty fifth anniversary, something like that. And like there's usually more than one of these coming out a year because they've got like four teams that all do different ones. So, like, if you want good, like, strategy RPG comfort food and you don't know if anything's coming out, there's probably a Super Robot Wars that you just weren't paying attention to. 
Like, I picked up Super Robot Wars BX for the 3DS, and that's a very good one, although it requires a Japanese 3DS. Like, other other good ones that are Japan only would be ones like uh, W for the DS, which is the first DS one, is really, really good. Um, there's a fan translation supposedly su- set to come out sometime between now and Doomsday for Super Robot Wars Alpha on PS1, which is a good one. Like, once you get before Super Robot Wars Alpha, you're looking at really dated, kind of dicey prospects about whether the game is actually worth your time. Because they get, like... Like, they were made by a different developer, and they're really quirky, and... A lot of times, it's just like, oh, this is this plays really, really old and really, really strange. Um, but yeah, like that's basically my overview. Is you know, go look at like another another decent one, just because it's fan translated. Is Super Robot Wars J for Game Boy Advance, which has a lot of nice sprite work. Has a lot of like, I wouldn't say it looks as good as like original generation two, but it has nice sprite work. It's translated. It you like. Because it's a fan translation, it's using uh, it's it's translating one that doesn't that has a bunch of licenses that they couldn't clear in the U.S. Uh, I you know I'm kind of hesitant to recommend that one because it's got this really bad problem where like every single uh, mission you like you destroy all the enemies and then suddenly like they beam in like 20 more reinforcements and you have to kill them again. <laughs> they beam in they beam in another 20 reinforcements. Nice. Like, like Jay has some really bad battle pacing issues, which is why I'm hesitant to recommend it. But again, it's also like one of the only modern playing ones that's ever been fan translated. So, and I believe there's an ongoing like the thing about it is there's a couple that I'm deliberately ignoring because I really don't know much about them. Like the the 3D ones are really strange and they play completely differently than all the other ones. Like there's an ongoing fan translation for Super Robot Wars GC. Which was the game cube one who thought and <laughs> that one plays super differently from all the other ones and allows you to like capture enemy units which like normally in these games what you like characters will join you and like that's plot mandated and if they get destroyed you just pay the fee to bring them back like you have no choice it just takes it out of your rewards for the battle and like there will be secret characters but you'll be limited to to, like there is a set number of you can have this many characters in like GC and Neo for the Wii and I think like Operate Extend or whatever OE for the PSP all use like a 3D engine that doesn't play like any of the others and it's like oh well that's weird and a lot of people say they're really good but I've never played them and they're really really stupendously ugly which is part of what turns me away but that fan translation looks like it will probably finish at some point so it's another one to look at uh, the PSP uh, A Portable has an ongoing fan translation that has at least a handful of levels that have already been put up as a test patch, so that might also be worth a look. So, yeah, those are my quick overviews. They're fairly simple strategy RPGs, so like I can't really get too dense into it. Like Most of it's fairly self-explanatory. And I'm sorry for rambling that long. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's what was requested. I, I don't think anyone truly knew what they were requesting when they <laughs> when they gave me that permission. <laughs> it's like I 
I could tell you about the 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 many and myriad awful like just strange things like oh I kept looking at Super Robot Wars Z special disc and thinking should I try that because you know it's super cheap and like I could just grab it along with Z and, and you know completely and finish the collection of that series because yeah there's a couple of like every there are a couple of continuities like most I, I feel like I was remiss in not mentioning. Most of these games are self-contained. Like, they begin, middle, and there's no real room for another story. Uh, there's three... There are four major, like, continuities that, like, go from game to game to game. Uh, there's the classic ones, which are all in that dicey position where I can't really wholeheartedly recommend them because they're made by a different developer and they're really archaic. And the classic ones counterintuitively go two, three, four, but not one. <laughs> What? Uh, one doesn't. One doesn't even play like any of the rest of them. It's an old Game Boy game, and, and it has an, a, like it has a completely different like combat system. Uh, with two, it turns into a more traditional strategy RPG, and you can just play that like a sane person. But uh, like it's brutally hard and it's archaic and weird. But like it at least plays how you expect it to. Um, but like two, three, four, uh, along with like EX and Gaiden, a couple offshoots like that are all form one continuity and then after that's done the next main continuity is alpha which is the one that the P the first game in the series is being translated alpha and actually i forgot to mention another one that has been fan translated alpha gaiden which is as its name implies it's an offshoot of alpha but since it throws its entire like uh, cast into an alternate future. It doesn't really rely too much on knowing what happened in Alpha or caring about what's going to happen in Alpha 2. And that one has also been fan-translated and it's supposedly pretty good, but I haven't gotten around to it because I keep thinking, oh, oh well, the Alpha fan-translation has to come out sometime. Uh, but Alpha, Alpha Gaiden, Alpha 2, and Alpha 3 all form a big continuity. Um, original ge generation, now for forms a very strange continuity that goes original generation 1, original generation 2, original ge generation Gaiden, second original generation, original generation the Moon Dwellers. The and... Age of Fatso. <laughs> yeah, that's what the Age of Fatso. Uh, original generation the Moon Dwellers will be the first one to be officially translated into English since original generation 2. So there's a giant gap up there, but apparently Moon Dwellers is supposed to be, can, like, they're trying to position it as something that fans can jump on uh, with, like, like, to see what these games are like. So that might be a good choice because, you know, any translation is better than no translation, and, and hey, it's, uh, like, the reason they didn't call it the third original generation is because they wanted fans to not feel like they had to have played the previous ones, so it might be it apparently has like a proper easy mode which the other ones lacked like, like previous original generation games determined your difficulty by how many of what you what they called battle masteries you got like if you got a bunch of battle masteries the game decided that clearly the game that clearly it was going too easy on you and thus cranked up the difficulty <laughs> but then like with original generation one and two if you aren't on hard mode you don't get the real ending so like, they they can be mildly unfriendly. There's a p in Japan if like if you don't care about 
the plot and just want to play the games. In Japan, there was a remake of Original Generation 1 and 2 called Original Generations, which is where the, uh, uh, where the numbering scheme got reset because they went, Original Generations is now Original Generation 1. And then they did Gaiden 2. But, yeah, so... That's, that's the third major continuity. And the fourth major continuity, which just wrapped up last year, is Z, which is five games despite ending on third. It's Z, uh, Z2 Part 1, Z2 Part 2, Z3 Part 1, Z3 Part 2. And that's scattered across a mess of consoles because Z1 is a PS2 game. Z2, both Z2s are PSP games. And both Z3s are PS3 slash Vita games. It's... Uh, it clearly showed that it kept getting booted around and them not quite being sure what they were going to do with it, so it doesn't fit together very well, despite being a major continuity. It just ended... It's got a lot of series. If you're a big fan of a lot of the anime that it's based on, then it's a good jumping-on point, just because it has the largest series list of any Robot Wars game. Like, I think they peaked at, like, 35 different series in one of those. It was crazy. Jeez. So, yeah, that's... The, like my jumping on points if I were to tell you where to start would be like if you want to play something that got an official professional localization OG 1 and 2 are really good handheld tactical RPGs if you want to play something and don't care about continuity and you want something that's like fairly representative if you're willing to get over the fact that like you know it's got some issues with battle pacing J is a good choice and so, are, so is Alpha Gaiden if you're willing to go a little more archaic uh, if you don't care about whether the game's in English or not, then I'd recommend something like W, which is super good, and one of the first ones that I played in Japanese. Nice. So there you go. <laughs> Robot! That was, uh, that was more detail than you required. Robot house! Yeah, it's a robot house now. What do you think I was doing while I was rambling? Alright, well, let's see what other questions we can answer. None of them are about robots, so they're all inferior. <laughs> let's see here. So, let's say you heard on a recent Q&A podcast that a game you own is worth a bundle on eBay and that you can easily replace it with a digital copy on a platform that you already own for a pittance. Do you go for it, or do you keep the game hoping the price will keep going up? Or do you keep I'd the probably just cash out. Or do you <laughs> keep the game because perhaps it has sentimental value? It's really going to depend on the game. I don't sell games because I usually end up missing them. So, But, like, if I could really make some, like, a couple hundred bucks off it, I'd probably cash out. Yeah. As often as... As prices rise, they crash, so... I think as long as I had already played it, then I'd be okay with selling it. Because share the love, and it's just going to sit there collecting dust, so it's no use to anybody that isn't interested in it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. in a lot of cases that way, that's what I do, unless it's something like a uh, Saturn game, because... Uh... I think the only game oh, yeah, well, I... those, kind of those are mine. The, the, the only game I regret selling is... Uh, Earthbound, and I actually let my brother sell that one. 
Oh, that's, yeah, that's one of those ones where you regret yeah. ca- cashing out when you did because Earthbound fans are crazy and still paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars for physical copies. Uh, At least I have God digital copy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think this is probably a question that's going to keep coming up because it seems like you know a lot of the rarities more often are ending up on digital. We got you know Sweden two on PSN not oh super long ago and three followed not too long after or did three come or did three end up on psn first i even can't remember three was on psn afterwards i do seem to hoard like games i can't get rid of though because like i've got august war and i'm probably (laughs) going to play it because it's august war Uh, i'm so sorry so bad Uh. i'm pretty sure that game destroyed poor mike minky like i can't i i feel like I can share war stories with anyone that tried to finish that game. Oh, Mike Minky finished I didn't even it. I play it. It's, uh, it's just sitting there. I managed to get rid of a uh, of that uh, one um, crossover game that like had a bunch of properties in it that uh, and I asked published. I think it was oh, called Cross Edge. Yo, Cross Edge. Yeah, Cross Edge. Oh, Cross Edge. too. I've got I got oh. Trent, but I haven't. But I heard that's a little bit better game. Yeah, but it's also uglier because it's got these really amateurish-looking 3D models. Yeah. So, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with those ones. Uh, yeah, I have Trinity Universe kicking around. I think I like it disappeared at some point, and I know I didn't get rid of it, so I think I just banished it to some <laughs> pile where I never have to think about it again. Yeah, uh, no, but I mean, I've got a lot of sentimental games that are worth like nothing, like uh, Breath of Fire, Dragon Quarter. Um, yeah. That was one that I always expected to go up in value just because it did have that cult following, but apparently I, it never hit enough of after, after recording the RPG backtrack about that included talking about that game, uh, I bought a new copy for like $12 on Amazon, and that was like last That's year. So. Nuts. Now I'm just thinking about how I saw like a backtrack went up about like the later Yakuza games, and I was just furious that I wasn't on it. <laughs> uh... Uh, oh well. I think, you can, I think you can get any of the Shadow Hearts games for about twenty to thirty dollars. So, yeah, those that seem. About... Yeah, those don't seem to have gone up in price. And I, I think they might end up on PS4 eventually. That'd be sweet. I remember that like Shadow Hearts One did badly enough that there was at least one place that off that had a pre-order offer of pre-order Shadow Hearts Two, and we'll give you. You a copy of Shadow Hearts One. Yeah, that's how I got my copy. And that was just like, well. Wow. Uh, and I ultimately ended up liking Shadow Hearts One more than two. Oh well. But, uh, I, I yeah. think one's just special because it, it's unintentionally funny at, at points. Two's, <laughs> two's just goofy, and then one's just unintentionally goofy. Yeah, like one is so like trying to be dark for so event. much of it. <laughs> yeah, and, like three is made by actual crazy people, and it's like trying to be like far east of Eden light, but in America. But like, oh god, like like three is going full blown like complete crazy. Here's a Brazilian the ninja first... that fights with cactuses. <laughs> yeah, like three, I think has the movie star cat. Mm-hmm. Like. Three is complete bananas. 
And, like, the first one, it's so weird, because, like, if you play the first one, it's, like, it's trying to be dramatic, and, like, it has, like, a normal, normally it has a sad ending, and, like, just weird, dumb stuff happens in it. Like, there's a part, like, near the beginning where the main character's arm gets torn off, off and he just puts it back on, and no one ever asks about it again. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> but, like, uh, now I'm just thinking of, like, Chaos Wars. That's never going to be rare, but that's still the funniest video game if you've ever played it. The, o- the only the only localization of a video game that's somehow worse than um, Valus 3. Yeah, no, Chaos Wars is like, you can see like the president of the company that brought it over is like, his his same family name keeps showing up all over the voice acting and it's like, hmm, that's, uh, that explains a great deal. <laughs> But I think that one also has, like, the amusing, like, just failures of translation where, like, they couldn't even... Like, the whole point of bringing it over was the assumption that no one was going to listen to the English track and that, like, it was for super nerds that, like, knew about the games in Japanese. So, like, they were just going to leave the Japanese track in as an option and, like, you know, those people could nerd out over it. But, like, they didn't translate any of the characters' names consistently. So you got, like, Uli Huga. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Chaos Wars is a... It's a good comedy piece. It's not a good game. Don't play it. Um, But yeah, I feel feel like PS2 games haven't reached critical mass of how how expensive they can become yet. So, like, who knows on that one. Yeah. Like, I I know that, like, early PS1 games that, like, are starting to edge up in price. Like, despite being... Selling, like, 10 million copies, FF7 Black Label is still, it, it, like, creeped up in price at a very strange time in the late 2000s when the compilation was dying. But, like, other PS1 games are starting to sort of creep up. I heard someone talking about, like, oh, Crash Bandicoot, uh, like, Mint in Case now sells for more than it did when it was new. That's weird. What? Like, that's not the most common video games ever, but yeah, I saw someone seriously. tweeting about that and was like, what? Oh. So, like, you know, the people that grew up with the PS1 are now old enough to collect the things they had in their childhood, so those are probably about to start increasing in price. Well, I'm glad I am fleshing out my Ratchet and Clank collection before I guess those start to get rare. Rochester and Clunk. Yeah, because I mean, I can still find new copies of all those pretty easily. Yeah, no, no, those those, those are, you know, going to be fairly findable, especially... Like, the HD collection will always probably be fairly easy to get hold of. It's yeah. It's just going to be people that are like, the exact copy I had when I was a kid that's going to cause, like, perhaps the first three will go up in price in about ten years. So, you know, be abreast of that. That's generally what spikes collecting prices. Yeah. Uh, I think we went field with the question on that. My apologies. That's all right. Well, I I guess I could ask a slightly alternate version of this. Is there any game um, that you would wish that that you wish you could sell that will not sell? Panzer Dragoon Saga, because I need money. No, no, no. Oh, but you mean you wish you could sell it because you don't actually own a copy? <laughs> yes, that's the point. Oh, that is yes. the entire joke. <laughs> I wish I could sell my copy of Shining Force Neo. 
but I'd feel bad because it was a Christmas present back in the day. Also, I think you'd get probably less than the price of shipping. Also that, yes. I wish I could sell uh, Shining Force EXA. <laughs> I haven't played it wow. yet, but I only picked it up for about a dollar, so that's why. Oh, nice. I wouldn't get anything for it. Yeah, I think the cheapest thing I ever purchased was Alundra 2, and I wish I could sell that too. I, I, I think also I got that on a mana, and I probably won't ever sell that. Oh! oh. Which, which yeah, mana game? Dawn of Mana. Dawn of oh, Mana, Dawn. that was Seiken Densetsu 4. I want to have Havoc Physics! I don't know why a mana game needed Havoc Physics. Back when the game was new, I saw preview videos, and I thought the voice acting was atrocious. <laughs> That's uh, probably yeah. correct. It's like there's this. I, I think uh, the main character was talking with like one of the elements, and they had a really high pitched voice, and it almost reminded me of Helix from Dragon Quest, but like annoying. I love Helix; he's so great. Uh, yeah, that's just a that's a voice that's very easy to become irritating, though. So I get you. I actually bought a copy of Dawn of Mana at PAX well, also East they were years talking ago. Really slowly, and it sounded like they were an idiot. <laughs> okay, Wheels, what year did you buy it? Because I need to know if I should punch you in the face, because that was the same year I already punched you in the face, um, if that's the case. I don't think it was that year. I don't okay. remember what was the year. I, I feel like uh, someone told me, oh, you know, this is better than people made it out to be. It was not. It was shit. I still have a great candid photo of you getting pissed off at Mr. Dew's Wild Ride. Freaking Dawn of Mana. Don't play, don't play a later Mana game. Like, if it's fast, they can then set to Legend of Mana, there's a problem. Well. Except maybe Adventurers. That's maybe good. Yeah, the the new one is good. Yeah, adventures. Go play adventures. It has the wheels. The wheels seal of approval. Shoulder the wheel of Mana was okay-ish, but it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, like I've heard that one's better than the ones around it, but I never was never given to the impression it was worth tracking down. It, it's like it's something you would like to enjoy, but it's not really good. If that Let's makes make any sense. Game, but not make it any fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mana is a cursed franchise. But yeah. Uh, Otherwise, the only things I want to sell are I wish I had this to sell because, oh, the money. Yeah. Well, I guess I could always sell my limited run purchases. Uh, that'd be uh, terrible. Yeah. Sell your sell your odd world, world new and tasty to me. No. You're no. awful. Just I no. never I never actually finished that game when I reviewed it because I got to the end and the save file got corrupted. Oh no. Oh. No. <laughs> okay, that's perfectly understandable. Oh, that's and, and despite and despite the fact that the games I, I think it could have been salvaged but the save files such that even the patch couldn't fix it oh, oh that's terrible I'm sorry man that's, that sucks man that's a fun game though 
I love Oddworld. It's like I got, I got stuck in a point where loading the save file would just cr- crash the game. Uh, oh, that hurts. Yeah, that that sucks. Yeah, no one can really blame you for not finishing that. <laughs> no. Uh, did you enjoy it before that point? <laughs> yeah, so I, I gave it an eight and a half. Oh, nice. I've been like I and, the, and I, the patch was created specifically to avoid that problem. Oh. So it's fine now. Yeah, I've really, I just don't know when I'm gonna get back to it again. Yeah. I've really enjoyed what I played to that. I never played the original back in the day. Which I guess is a good thing, because then I could go for the saved all the Motocons achievement. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, yeah. That's to. super tough. I felt bad. Like, I was watching Wheels, like, stream that a couple weeks back, and he just, like, uh, like, he's just running past the Motocons, and I'm like, no, no, you have to talk to them. You have to save them. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Screw them all. <laughs> They only uh, the, the original, the original Oddworlds uh, had like these really great uh, epilogue screens where like they would sort of chastise you about how well or poorly you did. Uh, so, like you had, like the like they would sp- give you endings based on how many Mudokins you saved, but like they wouldn't give you entirely different endings if you didn't save all of them. It was just like it was a binary, like you saved more than half or less than half. And if you save more than half, it would be like, do you want to go back? Uh, do you want to go back and try to save all of them? And like, your bottom option was like, no, I got the good ending. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I really like how um, Vector Man uh, basically laughs at you for cheating. He's like, no, play the game for real, sucker. <laughs> yeah, that used to be real common. I re- remember one of the s- strangest ones for like try- like the game screwing you over for trying to cheat was that in Tomb Raider 2, if you used the Tomb Raider 1 level skip cheat, it just made Laura explode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's amazing. It was, uh... Then there's a shitty ending. Like, nice try. Of, like, Rocket Knight Adventures. Oh, try a higher difficulty? Oh, here's the extra congratulatory screen. No new ending. Ah, yeah. I I, I remember there was the... Infamous uh, 360 game Bullet Witch, which had like progressively more uh, better, like more achievement points for every difficulty mode until you got to the last one. You would get a one point achievement that just was labeled <laughs> Golf Lap. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Just like oh, <laughs> thanks guys. Good have. Oh. oh, glorious. There is a, there there is like this wonderful cottage industry undercurrent of like making really ridiculous challenges and then mocking the player for actually trying them or refusing to try them. <laughs> I remember, I think Rocket Knight was particularly galling because like, in uh like they, they didn't change how the difficulties worked. In the English version, they just, they just renamed, renamed them. them, so they made you feel bad for playing on the easiest difficulty. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I think here's a child like, difficulty. <laughs> yeah, child. And it's just like, oh, thanks, guys. Uh, they were just like exploiting player psychology so early. Uh, uh.
Uh, oh, oh, now I remember like, the other meanest one, which is Valkyrie Profile. was actually easier because they didn't... The Japanese version actually had level select codes and stuff, but they removed them from the North American version, much like Contra Hardcore. Oh, man, Hardcore got, like, like so... It made so much harder in the North American version. You yeah, lost health bars it's... and you lost the Contra code. And a level select code, but apparently you can only use one at a time. Yeah. But still, like, that contract code was crazy, that one, because it gave you 70 lives. It's like, you, uh, you basically actually had, like, let's see, 100, uh, no, no, you had, like, 200 you had three lives. You had 210. <laughs> Plus three continues. Somebody actually was... patched the U.S. game so that you had limited continues. Yeah, like, that, that seems like a fair, like, middle ground if you want to, like, play the game harder, but not, like, completely we, unreasonable. They, pat they patched the game to put the life points back in, but they only gave you two continues in exchange, which is more than enough, if you ask me. Like, like both of both of Konami's, like, Genesis interpretations of their, like, classic franchises at the time are so much harder than the Super Nintendo ones. It's very strange. <laughs> I think the only one that's, like, the same on both uh, versions is probably Bloodlines, where uh, playing on an expert does throw more enemies at you, but it does offer more of the ending. Yeah, but Bloodlines is, is also just stupendously hard to begin with, so... <laughs> like, it's way harder than Super Castlevania 4, and probably harder than Rondo of Blood. I... I, I... Yeah, I've never gotten very far in Bloodlines, because, like, one of the first things you do in that is, like, oh, like... Rising water, climb up the stairs. Like it's it's a bad scene. You're gonna die. <laughs> and it, of course, the game also has limited. I did an LP of that game, and I died at Dracula, and I was at such a disadvantage. It took me forever to beat him. Again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you lose all of your power ups, and it's like, well, and they start you right at the bell. So it's like, yeah. The the one time that they offered you a kindness, they finish with that backhand. <laughs> uh, Bloodlines is hard. I've never finished it. I, I can't even pretend I, that I've come I, I, I find it amazing that in Super Castlevania 4, they actually have an ability of Dracula's where if you hit the fireball, it will turn into a thing and probably hit you, but at least it'll drop meat. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you, you hit it enough, and it, like, like, it's this weird, like, rotational fireball, but you hit it enough and it turns into meat, so it's like, oh, anyone can win that fight. <laughs> Better than wall chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it was just flame broiled. You can love it. Mm, flame broiled chicken. Dracula's oh, fried chicken attack. <laughs> I would eat at Dracula's fried chicken. I would play a ROM hack where... It was Colonel Sanders' face on Dracula's head. <laughs> I feel like someone would make that ROM hack, too, because this is the internet. <laughs> they made a My Little Pony Final Fantasy VI. They made a My Little Pony Earthbound and Pokemon. There's too many of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so. I, th I think we mostly got there somewhere. What question are we answering again? Doesn't matter. All right, here's I think another. We started off talking. <laughs> Go ahead. Here's another question from Low Whoops. Oh, uh, it's good to hear from you again, Low Whoops. I hope you're doing better. 
What is an underused history or mythology that would that you would like to see in a full length RPG? Uh, Celtic or Egyptian? Yeah, would you call Celtic underused? Like you see bits of it, but you don't see an overarching mythology used. The only thing that Celtic that's... I've seen is probably certain elements of Final Fantasy IV. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's, it's not. There was yeah. Nethergate. Um, the hell is that? Spider Web Software? Are you software? Just making up games now? No, I'm not just making up games. It's by Spider Web <laughs> Software. I, I've not. I've never played any other games. Okay. I'm not hardcore not core enough. You weren't a Mac user. Obviously. Yes, I wasn't a Mac user. Tell me more about inside Mac gaming. <laughs> what would you like to know? About how much, <laughs> how much we hated Valve because we were promised... <laughs> We were, we, promised, were promised a we were promised a half-life. We got none, no half-lives. <laughs> Let's not do this, or you'll be recounting your PTSD for the next six hours. Oh, I didn't really care, because I, I think half-life is trash. <laughs> I was more concerned that it took forever to get the expansion pack to Baldur's Gate 2, and we never got Planescape Torment. Although that, I think, through uh, good old games, that is actually yeah, now available. Yeah, that is actually now available. On, it's a reality now. On Mac, yeah, which is pretty rad. Through probably yeah. some sort of PC emulation. <laughs> sure. I think I think D is on the store now, too. Yes, D is on the store. Please buy D. I really like Kenji. You know, please buy a D. It's super weird. It's $6. <laughs> it's the strangest three-hour FMV game you'll ever play. Uh, but yeah, well, oh, we were Laura, getting... Get out, Laura. We are getting absurdly off track. No, please, no. I'm <laughs> no, I'm filibustering about how weird D is. Okay. Please play okay. it. I never did D, play Enemy no. Zero or D2, though. Yeah, well, he's well the Enemy, Enemy Zero, Zero and D2 guy? still aren't available. He's yeah, he's the, the Enemy Zero. Oh, God. Okay. Screw that game to hell. <laughs> Enemy Zero. You, can, you, could, you weren't hardcore enough to... <laughs> screw Enemy Zero to hell. You weren't hardcore enough to deal with the fact that loading your game made it was a disadvantage. No, I was not. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> did, you, did you ever hear the story of how en- uh, of how Enemy Zero got announced? No. Like he was going to like he was at a Sony press conference that they had like set up for him. There was a giant PlayStation logo on a screen in the background, and like he was pissed off because he had they had ordered a certain amount of copies of D for PlayStation because they had gotten a certain number of pre-orders so they needed to order that many copies like but Sony was the publisher and Sony only printed 20,000 copies of it so he was super pissed off about that so he cut a deal with Sega he's like yeah I'll, I'll make Enemy Zero but it'll be a Saturn exclusive then he announces it at this PlayStation conference <laughs> but wasn't it a Saturn game <laughs> it was a Saturn game it was always a Saturn game I will be like he literally is like and that's why I'm proud to announce that I will be making my new game Enemy Zero exclusively for the Sega Saturn that's awesome all the steel I miss you Kenji Eno I have a whole new respect for that weird terrible game like Kenji Eno I can never say to someone I'm sure you will enjoy this Kenji Eno game but I can always say I am sure it will be different from almost any other game you've ever played that yeah yep can't like say. he was an he was an auteur, and I respect that. 
Can't say I have ever played anything quite like Enemy Zero. Enemy he also like, made the, that weird NES platformer called uh, Panic Restaurant. Yeah, it was, that was like one of his first things. Fumito Ueda actually briefly worked for Warp, his company, before uh, moving on to Eco and Shadow of the Colossus and the currently in development hell, Last Guardian. Hopefully that comes out some decade. Um... Like, he, he made some other games. He was actually trying to break back into the game industry when he uh, died a few years back. That's sad. Mm. So again, in memory of Kenji Ino, please play D, because it is a very unique game. I only played the PlayStation version. Yeah, most of them are pretty similar. The only really different one is the one that has like a different subtitle in Japanese. It's like Dino Shokotaku, something like that. It, it means D's diner. Diner table. Is it... Dinner table, I think, but like it usually got translated as diner at the time. But yeah, like that version has some extra stuff, but I don't think that's the version on GOG, and that version's hyper rare, so. Mm. It's a super weird game. It's like, it makes interesting use of FMV. It was like five discs at the time. It was, it's super weird, and it's worth trying at least once just to see like someone trying to experiment with the form of an FMV game. And also just telling a weird-as-hell story. <laughs> your, your dad's apparently Dracula, and... Okay. Yep, that's the twist. What do you think D stands for? It's Dracula. Wow. It's a weird game. Laura, stay out of this realm, Laura. Avoid any Belmonts. <laughs> Listen, Belmonts are just gonna destroy you if you get anywhere near them. Stay away. Good you can have my life. fabulous Castlevania. <sighs> okay, I've, I've ended my filibuster for D because we talked about D. Okay, filibuster ended. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, underused mythologies. Uh, Egypt is definitely one. Like, um, I will ask for any sort of Egypt based thing. Uh, I'd say African. That's actually a really oh, good one. Yeah, oh, there's, a, there's a lot of well, there's a lot of mythologies there, but yeah, like there's yeah, that Orion game that came out. I remember what was the uh, there was like an interesting platformer a few years ago that used like Inuit mythology. Oh yeah, it was pretty recent. I can't remember the name of it. Was that Never Alone? Maybe? I'm looking this up. Yeah, this looks right. That was re really interesting, and that one had, like, actual, like, consultation with, you know, to make sure it was authentic. That one was, that one looked really good, and I'm kind of sad I still haven't played it. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah, like, there's, there's so many, like, there's so much, much culture to explore, and games are an interesting way to spread these cultures, so... Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can create so much aesthetic by just looking, at, being willing to do some research and thinking outside the box. And we really don't need like more Greek and Roman mythology. We've certainly seen those used and abused. So, and like next, li our opinions, literally abused. Literally abused. Oh, see uh, God of War series. 
Yeah, like, the best part is that literal abuse can be interpreted many ways in that statement and always be correct. And <laughs> <sighs> uh, trying to think of any other good mythologies. It's probably a lot that could be done with Indian mythology. Um, First Nation not mythology. Sure I'd call them. Yes. Hmm? Yes, that definitely. And I feel uh, like uh, developers in North America, especially, that's something they should be looking at. Yeah. You know, like, there's probably plenty of places, like, there's probably plenty of places you can work with that will help you get that accurate and create an interesting and unique thing. Something that can, you know, spread a culture that nearly got destroyed. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's even a good way to get your game noticed. Use yeah. uh, use different mythologies. Like, it's, it's, it's win-win for everyone. Like, you know, people get to find out something about something they've never heard of. You yeah. get a unique aesthetic for your game. I mean, listen, I, I know we all grew up on lots of, like, Roman and, you know, your typical Tolkien-esque Tolkien fantasy. Happen, but right. But it's... Give them a rest. Yeah, give them... Explore other ideas. There's lots of other cool mythologies and stories. Um, you know, do we really need, like, more freaking generic Tolkien fantasy when then you can be doing sci-fi or exploring other interesting fantasy mythologies? Just, it's a vast... It, it's something that goes as far as your imagination will allow. So, uh, yeah. Different stuff is cool. So, yeah, try it. Please. Please, Please for all our sakes. Fly away. I mean, even if it's just something like, you know, you look at Valkyria Chronicles, I think that's kind of interesting, doing, like, <clears throat> an alternate version of history. Yeah, uh, a, fant a fantasy version of more recent history. Yeah, even even that is something, you know, different and cool, and you can... Um, since it's an alternate version of recent history, probably t tell some stories that relate to a lot of people. So, yeah. uh, definitely something you can do there too. So, I need to pick up the remaster of Valkyria. I love that game. I can't play my yeah. PC version of that game now because 60 FPS. I mean, even the game doesn't need it, but the fact that it's there is it looks so much nicer. Yeah. <laughs> So, in conclusion, different things. Different strokes for different folks. Etc. Alright, let's see what else Lowell Whoops has in store for us. Do you like when RPGs have crossovers into new genres but continue the story? Persona 4 is a great example since the game's story spans a full-length RPG, a first-person dungeon crawler RPG, two fighting games, and a music game. I'm not a big fan of it personally because I'm not good at other types of games for various reasons and am missing out on story of characters I like because of that makes me a little unpleasant. Thoughts? Uh, like, I feel like there are different kinds of stories you explore in those other genres, because, like, different kinds of stories are meant, are, like, have to be concocted to fit those new conceits. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I I'm also somewhat, like, if a story is worth telling, it's you like if a story is something that they actually want you to care about, it's also usually going to be told in the genre that the game started in. Right. So I feel like a lot of like the most of, most of those. Okay. 
As I say, I feel like a lot of the extra Persona 4 stuff is... Yes, Atlas, I totally believe you when Persona Q and uh, Dancing All Night have canon storylines. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was, was going to say, I would consider their stories non-essential. Like, Persona I, I... 4 ends where it ends, and anything else is just like, oh, that's neat, I like seeing these characters again. The story's dumb and I don't care, but like, it's fun to play through once and not think too much about and that's that's yeah. really the attitude I take into all of those. I think it's just a case of you know these characters are fun, and they developers probably want to explore additional stuff with those characters as much as we did. So, uh, but I think it was best to kind of leave their main story complete. Well, I just and for the most, part, most part, I just found sobering news: Muhammad Ali is dead. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I saw that he was in, in on life support earlier. I was wondering when that would happen. Shit. Uh, so Paz is a giant of American culture. <sighs> Pour one out. And go watch some of the uh, most amazing boxing that ever happened. Yeah. And if you can find some videos, sure, there will be plenty. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Rest in peace, dude. I'm sorry for all that. No, that's all right. No, no, I was just giving it a moment of time. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. He's just been like... Yeah, he's like... this, Just been this icon of American culture that's been around forever, so it's just going to be... Weird to think that he's not around anymore. Yeah. And again, at this point, he was also suffering from really heavy, like, pugilistic dementia, so. Yeah. On some level. Suffering's over. So. Well. Whatever your peace, may he have peace. Time to make a boxing RPG. Sold! Yeah, just make the next punch out bunching RPG. There you go. I'd do it. I'd play it. Oh man, that would be pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> hmm. We'll workshop this after the podcast. Okay, okay. Um Wow, okay, what were we talking about again? Something something. Uh you brought like it was a law whoops question. But you're the only one that had access to it, so... Oh, yeah, Persona 4. Oh, uh, yeah, the uh, spin-off games. Yeah. Like, it, I feel like the better way to think about... To, to not get miffed when those change genres is to, like, just think of it in the sense of... When they change genres, it means that they aren't as concerned about, like, telling an ongoing plot. Persona 4 is a perfectly good self-contained story. It, in fact, works better if you don't think about all the spin-off yeah. at least after it. I think about, I compartmentalize them as like, oh, those are fun spin-offs, but I don't consider them to be something that matters to the core experience I already had. And once you get to Persona 5, like, Persona 5 is never going to acknowledge that anything happened. Yeah. So, like, just take them a la carte. However many you want to think about, don't think about it, because, like, they're really, like, having played all of them, they're not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they're just more excuses for characters to say things. 
things at each other. You can watch it Let's Play and get all of it out of it. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. Okay. As, as for, like, changing genres, usually if a game's changing changing genres, it's turned into a spinoff anyway, so that plot probably isn't advancing much in that spinoff anyway. Yeah. Alright, let's see what else we got here. Um... I feel like he sent some of these before. That'll happen. That's okay. Uh, I like Metabots, and I've been itching to see the games released in English. The games have interest in both a fan base and a localizer, not Smay, but there are issues with the original company in Japan that make it basically impossible to do right now. What are the typical issues that localizers face when they are choosing projects? Is it, a, is it common that issues with the original creator prevents even willing companies from taking on a project? Uh, yes. Yes, very. Uh, what would you say would be the most likely reason a game wouldn't come west even with the desire there? Uh, uh, mon- money is the root of every issue that happens. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's like uh, original Japanese team doesn't want to spend money. Like, the amount of money on-, on offer is not enough to convince them to spend time inserting localization. I think we mentioned that one last time. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just something like maybe some part of the game was li- was actually old some license material you don't even think about. Like, whenever someone complains that, like, the opening song of a JRPG got removed in the English version or turned into an instrumental in the English version, that's because someone's license, someone has an issue with the license. Yep. It happens a lot with Tales games. Like, it's just like, oh, all of, like, sometimes those licenses will have stipulations in their contract can never be used outside Japan. Like, there's some crazy weird stipulations that can come out of those things. So, like, it's generally, like, generally it's safe to assume people aren't interested in leaving money on the table. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe, like, sometimes it might even be the source code is such a mess, they aren't even sure how they'd go about inserting other languages into it. Mm. Like, I mean, you know... Fan translators always have to deal with, like, decompiling code and just trying to work from there. But, like, sometimes when you're working with a source code, you get something like, you know, the absolute hash that Satoru Iwata had to deal with for Earthbound before that game came out, where, like, the game apparently basically didn't function. <laughs> and because it, it, there had been so many false starts and weird things lashed onto it that he basically had to rewrite it from scratch. Oh, jeez. Like... You know, sometimes there's just, like, no one even knows from a, a t- technical sp- perspective, how do I even go about this? Like, it's not even necessarily space, it's just, it's so hard-coded to deal with the uh, issues that Japanese needs to deal with, and has no idea how to deal with, like, what English text needs to be able to do. I think a lot of these issues have mostly improved of your, as years have gone by, oh, definitely. but not completely. You still get things like the persistent, the persistent rumor I always heard about Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, and I can't substantiate this in any way, but the PSP version of Persona 2 Eternal Punishment that we sadly missed out on because it had a bonus plot that tied it together with Innocent Sin more com- completely, the rumor I always heard was there's something very wrong with the way that game is coded and they just could not bring it over. And that was Atlas. Yeah, that sucks. Like... That was one of those situations where it's like... Or it's like... Sometimes you'll get even weirder things, like... 
Sui Coden 1 and 2 for PSP or Devil Summoner for PSP. Like, they ported the original Devil Summoner before they did Soul Hackers on 3DS. And apparently, like, that ran afoul of one of Sony's policies on the PSP about, like, not enough new content. Or, same with Sui Coden 1 and 2, and by the time they convinced that Konami had convinced uh, Sony to let them uh, release the game anyway, like the game had come out in Japan and bombed and it no longer made financial sense to release uh, anywhere else. Boo! Like, the, the answer is there's so, so many things we're not privy to. It could be hundreds of things. For Metabots, like, I don't know, there's probably a third-party license holder because I seem to recall that having some sort of cartoon at one stage. So, like, there may at some point have been a contract entered into that gives some other third-party like some sort of word on the rights. See also anything to do with the TV show Macross in Japan. Which, hey, let's dovetail this back to Super Robot Wars. One of the many reasons that none of those can ever come here is that a lot of them have Macross in them and like five different studios have some sort of hand in Macross. <laughs> Studio Nui, Tatsunoko, uh, Big West, Harmony Gold, and probably a couple others I'm not even thinking about. As well as some music companies, because again, that also has a lot of pop singer singers in it. Macross. Don't even know what that is, other than robots. Uh, have you ever heard of Robotech? Yes. Macross was the principal constituent of the first part of Robotech. Ah, uh, interesting. Like the first thirty or forty episodes of Robotech are basically dubs of Macross episodes. Interesting. Very then the last, like, 20 or so episodes are from two weirder shows called Genesis Climber Mosvada and uh, Super Dimensional Cavalry Southern Cross. Excuse me? Yeah, Super Dimensional <laughs> Cavalry Southern Cross. Yeah, Macross was weird because it spawned two franchises. Because it was called Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, and it spawned the Macross franchise. Franchise, but it also spawned a much more short-lived Super Dimensional franchise. It's funny that Road Trick up with tried to sell me. It's it's funny that Road mm -hmm. Trick tried to sell people on the idea that that uh, <clears throat> Dana from uh, Mac Max and Mary's kid from the Macross, yeah, somehow existed in this show, even though they had different hair color and like a million other things that made no sense, including a completely different art style. And the fact that there's no references to the previous series at all. Yeah. It, it, was a, it was an ugly hybrid that created Robotech. It was one of those situations where, shit, we need enough episodes and for syndication. What can we get licensed for? I think tried to do what he could. Yeah, Masek... Yeah, Masek is... Like... You can tell that Mace liked, Robo uh, liked Macross because the parts of uh, Robotech that are Macross are basically fairly straight dubs. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it was, it was like he was hired to slam these three things into enough episodes for syndication. He did that. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was a real cop with anime at the time. Try going and looking up an episode of Captain Harlock and the Queen of a Thousand Years. Mm. That's a weird TV show. Uh, Is that a real TV show? That's a real TV show. It's a combination of Captain Harlock and Queen Millennia. Who'd have thought? Interesting. 
Those two at least kind of match because they are both based off properties by the same artist. Hmm. But, like, that just means that the art styles don't clash really, really badly, just kind of badly. But, uh... Yeah, like, there's there's so many... Di- like, there's so many different things that can cause problems with, like, license holders and how contracts were drawn up, up 10, 15, 20 years ago. That I don't know what to tell you. You can't see me, but I just, like, lifted my hands in a shrug. <laughs> Damn licensing nonsense. Alright, well then, I think that kind of leads into this question. Which localization effort is more difficult, east to west or west to east? What are some major challenges that both efforts face? I I feel like we're barely qualified to talk about east to west. We are in the dark about west east. (laughs) There's probably some fascinating stories about, like, someone trying like the localization of like Mass Effect into Japanese is probably fascinating, but I would have no, no like real way. Like Legend of Legends of Localization occasionally brings these up at, like uh, as corollaries to the uh, west to east that it often goes into. Go go read Legends of Localization if you're ever interested in those because there's a lot of really interesting stuff about localization as practice, but like there's a I've occasionally heard rumors of certain games in English having really bad Japanese translations. Apparently, like in a really dated example, the Mac Venture uh, NES games that Chemco uh, NES ports that Chemco did, Chemco like Uninvited, uh, like Uninvited and Seven, not Seventh, yes, uh, but Uninvited, uh, Deja Vu, that sort of thing. Like apparently have input. What is infamously considered bad localization into Japanese? Mm. Like uh, the the it, it's interesting to be, to read. This is also on Legends of Localization. You should go look this up because it's fascinating. But like apparently the narration style they chose just sounds is just stupid to read in Japanese. So <laughs> like there was active localization. It doesn't. It it doesn't. Doesn't, it's not a one-to-one translation at all. Like it uses completely different sentence structure, and it's written in an entirely different perspective. But like apparently, in it's written in like first-person perspective, and it's apparently really stupid sounding. <laughs> like your character narrating his own death about how I'm on fire and a skeleton now. Well. But yeah, like I would love to to find reads on, like, what east-to-west localization looks like. There's probably some interesting, like... I'd, there is a part of me, some terrible part of me, that wants to read, like, an angry screed in Japanese about how much someone missed the point of some localization of, like, Dragon Age in the Japanese. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious to read. Like, that, that concept is so be- beautiful to me like you know we're so used to seeing that in English and like deserved or not and it's like I would love to see that have a counterpart and also like, I, I'd love to see oh, like what games they pine for and things like that I do remember one other thing uh, there was apparently some irritation about the fact that they cut the detonate a nuclear bomb 
subplot in Fallout 3 in Japanese. Really? And you can totally see why they cut that. Oh, because for sure. Of course they would cut that. But apparently some of the diehard fans were very angry that that was removed. Interesting. Oh, I, I remembered another thing. Square Enix does the Call of Duty localizations into Japanese. That's deeply and, confusing. And I remember hearing some people complain that they were not translating these properly, that they had missed that they had missed the point of certain scenes in like Modern Warfare. I mean, how is that even possible? There's like no nuance in those games. <laughs> but the thing is, like that's true of most uh, of a lot of games that we like complain about like there's yeah. There's not a lot of nuance there, but people people will get into arguments about like, but this interpretation was open in that version, and it's no longer open in this version because of how it was localized. Interesting. But yeah, like it, it was interesting to read that because it was like, oh, this this sort of person exists everywhere. There is <laughs> there is that frustration, or like, there's probably some interest. Oh, legends localization all. Also did some stuff about uh, Grand Theft Auto 4's translation into Japanese, and like how they didn't even like they were completely incapable of trying to localize uh, Little Jacob's like really heavy like Jamaican uh, slang laced uh, statements into Japanese. So he just talks. N- like everyone else in the Japanese version, and that, like, I remember reading the Legends Localization article, and, like, Tomato is basically saying, like, I can actually kind of understand him better in Japanese. <laughs> because he's speaking like everyone else, and it's a lot easier. But for uh, the before Rockstar took its Japanese localizations uh, in made their own company to do it, I believe there is a Rockstar Japan, uh, Capcom did those. And so there's probably some interesting uh, insight to be found about Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City, I believe, are both Capcom localizations into Japanese. Hmm. I wonder uh, if they were wonderfully as bad as Mega Man Battle Networks. <laughs> well, think about it. Think of the possibilities. Like, oh, think man. Of, think of like playing a version of that that like you can't understand because it's been localized badly. <laughs> like We're so immersed in the culture that created it, we can't even begin to imagine that concept. I want to imagine uh, that concept. <laughs> but yeah, like, there's a, like, Legend of Localization is your best bet on this, because he occasionally tackles these subjects, and they're always fascinating. So, you know, like, as it turns out, that sort of thing, it happens everywhere. So, you know. There's uh there's interest to be found there. All right. Uh Let's do another little whoops question. Uh, we're going through these. Sell me your pitch on an amiibo-based strategy RPG. Not a question, but do it anyway. <laughs> Very demanding. Don't uh, even ask me cuz I hate Wars. amiibo. <laughs> <laughs> you hate Amiibo. Super Nintendo I, Wars. I hate I hate what Nintendo's doing with them. That's why I hate. I hate Amiibo, and I hate myself for buying so many of them. I hate the idea that they're basically making premium DLC, unlocking content and games from games. Like, yeah. like there's no reason. There's it. no good reason that 
the Cave of Shadows and Twilight Princess HT is locked behind the Wolf Amiibo. Yeah. <laughs> or the, 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 the only response I can really the only defense I can really offer is at least I've never locked anything good behind it. <laughs> because uh, yes, they have. That you aren't missing much on yes, the cave. Yes, they have. No, they lock. The uh, Fire Emblem characters in uh, Codename Steam. Yeah, okay, cool. yeah, that's that's probably the exception that proves the rule, because yeah. every other use is like, oh, this is terrible. Do, does uh, Tokyo Mirage have Amiibo shit in it? I don't think so. Uh, probably? It seems like it probably has support for the Fire Emblem Amiibos. I can't imagine that it doesn't. Um, yeah, I suppose that would make sense. I just I don't and think I know I've seen anything about it. And I know the new Kirby game is going to let you have, like, new copy powers based on the characters that you use. But they're probably like variations of powers that already exist, so they're probably not worth anything. Yeah. Most of them aren't too bad, but things like that Fire Emblem were just... It's like... you know, It, it didn't help that the Fire Emblem Amiibos were such a pain to get for the most part. Yeah, it took me forever to complete And every time you want to use them, you have to kind of lug that thing out. Mm, it, that's... That at least is not true. You, um, you only have to do that when they die, but you can actually reload a previous save if you. Also, if Shadow Mewtwo, you need to you need to pull the card out for that all the time, uh, yeah. and you can only use it twice a day. I have no idea what that is. I don't. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Shadow Mewtwo from Poke Pokemon Tournament. Oh yeah, yeah. The the other one I was thinking of was that apparently like shovel. Night blocks like a co-op mode behind it. Yeah, but I mean, that, why would you? That's, not, that's the real. Why would you not want a shovel knight figure anyway? Because I'm broke. Because I don't have room in my tiny apartment. Okay, those are all fair reasons. But shovel knight amiibo, come on! I really wanted one, dude. <laughs> so instead of amiibos and amassing them, I'd rather just get physical games and just use it. Yeah, I agree. It's that. I would like them to offer the ability to purchase them as DLC. Yeah, I think that's the thing. This kind of just all evolved out of the original selling so Like the well. desire to sell figurines. Yeah, that I don't necessarily think it. everything kind of clicked. It, it, it seems to me like whatever department's in charge of making the Amiibos was like, okay, you have to give us... There has to be some incentive to buy these. And, you know... The, their development was probably just forced into coming up with this shit, so... They couldn't think, let's put a code in with the thing, instead of putting it in the thing. <laughs> it's one of those situations where, like, the code would probably actually be easier to lose than the figurine. Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm, going I'm, back to the original... I'm just gonna I'd count make the... Super Nintendo Wars. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm just going to account this up to corporate shenanigans. It's one of those things where, like, they couldn't justify them not doing anything, because they're a video game company, not a toy company. But they also don't want to lock anything super, super good, so they just try to make them appropriate, and then sometimes those things that they lock behind them become, like, are desirable, and they're just sort of like, well, yeah. we're screwed. <laughs> I think this is pretty similar to uh, the PlayStation 3 coming out with a blue blu-ray drive which seems fine now but if you remember at the time the damn system had to be sold uh at an absurd price mm -hmm. uh, and i think a lot of that just had to do with 
you know, Sony needed to push the format, so, you know, they can't not have it in their system, but, yeah. The Blu-ray drive in my PS4 absolutely refused to play at least two of the Batman films I watched. Oh. The, the, <laughs> the animated films. Oh, that it sucks. Would, oh, that's terrible. Those are great. Yeah. It, it would... I don't know why, but for whatever reason, it has to switch the feed and do another handshake before it will play the DVD, and then that's where it got stuck. Oh. That's terrible. Uh, I keep forgetting that I technically have a bunch of... And apparently, this is a widespread problem across several Warner Brothers DVDs, and it specifically relates to the model of... uh, Blu-ray player that's in the PS4 that I have. I hope that's something they can patch. It was a Samsung thing, and I think I think it's something that that needed a firmware update, but Sony apparently hasn't done anything with it. And that was several years ago when people started posting forums, so they haven't done shit to it. Lame. Yeah, seriously, that sounds like something they should be able to patch somehow, but I guess not enough people are complaining. Um, but wow, I don't think I... Well, we didn't... We did not answer this question very much. I, I, I answered it several <laughs> times. Super yes. Nintendo Wars, do it. Um, I, yeah. Super it, it basically writes itself. <laughs> Um, also distinguishes it neatly from Fire Emblem, which it would be similar to, but not completely the same as. But go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I got nothing better than that. (laughs) At least nothing that would actually be like a strategy RPG. I I got nothing. That's pretty much the best. Wheels, when are you going to go play? When are you going to finish the OG games? I know you've got them. Uh, at some point? I'll force you to on stream. I'll keep yelling at you about how you suck at fighting in water. Everyone sucks at fighting uh, in water. Well, I can just go play some more Ratchet and Clank. How about that? We'll do that eventually, but that's a separate show. That's true. <sighs> well, you know, Ratchet and Clank is kind of an RPG. It's, it's got RPG in it. I wouldn't call it an RPG. It's, it's got A and an RPG in it. It's called the Rhino. It destroys oh, everything. Oh, man. <laughs> getting, getting all of the gold bolts and the Rhino and then playing <laughs> challenge mode is a really funny thing to do. Because uh, challenge mode operates on a bolt multiplier that increases the long the longer you don't get hit if you put turn on infinite ammo because you got all the gold bolts and you put uh and you equip the rhino you'll never get hit wow that sounds insane but i just want to use the groovatron endlessly well the game will give you a trophy for ge- using the groovatron on everything that, sweet I am going to get that trophy. Um, Alright. Have you upgraded it enough to let him two Groovatrons at once? Uh, I think I just unlocked that, actually. 
It's super good. Yeah. Have you have you unlocked Mr. Zircon? Uh, Mr. Zircon is here to kill you. Mr. Zircon is here to kill. Mr. Zircon is bored. <laughs> crates, you dare waste Mr. Zircon's time. <laughs> I'm with crates. <laughs> Uh, I do. I do like uh, if you pick up health while he's around. He'll say. He'll ask if you need a nap too. <laughs> uh, man, that remake is. I feel like that remake is just made with like so much love. It's it's awesome. Why well, that remake is the ideal? Oh yeah, I know. Cause I've been pretty much broke. Uh, well, I when, have that feeling, when when you have the money, totally worth it. It helps that it's forty dollars rather than sixty. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. once. I stopped playing Uncharted 4 did. to play more Ratchet instead. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, me, me and Reels had a discussion about what the heck is up with the Crash Bandicoot version in Uncharted 4. Oh, yeah. Let, let's go down that road for because this is our show and we can do what we want. <laughs> I'm like more upset that the second Easter egg was Crash Bandicoot again and not... Um, Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter. Uh, yeah. Like that part of the reason that might be the case is something we were discussing because, like, if you've played Crash Bandicoot at any point in the past recently, you'll, you'll notice that there's way, tons of things that are not right about that version, and it's not just like oh they added a timer and a scoring system which don't exist in Ratchet and Clank, but like the models are different. And you, you mean in Crash Bandicoot? You yeah, said, Crash Bandicoot. You said Sorry. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I figured I did, but uh, it's. It's not just, but like, it's not just that they added a scoring system and a timer that don't exist in Crash Bandicoot, but they also, like, the models are different and like the animations don't play the same way and like collectible pickups don't behave the same way. And it's like, hmm, what what, what is going on here? Why is this not just a straight emulation? And, the, and like the obvious point of oh, emulating, getting the emulator to play nice with uh, the Uncharted Four engine is probably a problem. <laughs> So, yeah, so doing doing that twice would probably be impossible. Yeah, so we're trying to figure out if it's if they had like the original source code and like threw together some kind of section there or what the hell they did. Like it doesn't look like the original source code because it doesn't behave the same way. Like if you spin into Wumpa Fruit in that version, it doesn't like again. I've just been watching videos of it, but it doesn't look like it spins it away, which is what it does in the original. Oh, that's right. So then I was like, oh, it's prob- they probably had like the original art assets and threw some code together. Yeah, seems... I want to say that the, the art assets probably weren't labeled very well because the model seems to be Japanese Crash Bandicoot who had like his smile altered to, because like it tested poorly with Japanese focus testing. Speaking of west to east localization. <laughs> focus testing, the bane of all existence. Focus but, yeah, testing? Like... like uh, actually, speaking of west to east localization, in Japan, Ratchet has big fuzzy eyebrows. Also, uh, the Japanese versions of many of those games have some pretty cool box art. Yeah, there's, some, there's a lot of cute box art for those that are worth seeing. But uh, yeah, like all those sunny mascot platformers got localized into Japanese, and they all had like little things they had to do. Oh, another east uh, west to east localization in Odd World Abe's Odd. See, Abe has four fingers, and in every subsequent game, he has three, because when they were localizing it into 
Japanese, there was a big uh, kerfuffle about the idea that he uh, was, like, there was some uh, activist group that sued them, claiming that he was meant to make fun of, like, Yakuza or, like, meat packers, a couple of other, a couple of different things where you would, like, randomly have less, you would have lost a finger to, and they were like, this isn't worth fighting over, we're just going to have have him have three fingers from now on. <laughs> weird. Very weird. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. What, it, what were we even but, talking about? I don't know. I'm we, we decided to have a filibuster to briefly discuss like the weirdness of Crash Bandicoot and Uncharted 4 and how it's oh, like yeah. slightly different. It's like very important. Oh, we probably like they probably. But yeah, I was just saying, like, I don't think the like the old assets were very well organized because there's a Gama Sutra article that is up about the postmortem for the recent Ratchet Clank. It's really interesting, and they talk about how all of their old assets from 2002 were badly labeled, <laughs> and it was a, and like it would have been basically impossible to import all of those uh, a lot of the stuff that gets reused in 2014 in 2016. Uh, if it weren't for the fact that Idle Minds had had to make an HD collection and comb through all of their badly like labeled code, oh no! <laughs> but like, uh, I would imagine that it's the same but worse for Crash Bandicoot. So oh, it's got to be. It wouldn't be. surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if the reason that they used that version of Crash was because that was the one they happened to be able to find. Yeah. Because they needed to use Crash... Like, for the joke to work, they were using Crash Bandicoot 1, and that Crash is a different model than Crash 2 and 3. So, yeah. Details! Many, many details. But okay. Yeah, I'm hoping that, like, some insight will come out to that, because it was a really neat Easter egg, and I would be interested in hearing more about what brought it about and how they went about doing it. Well, here's a good question that I think kind of uh, obviously this is all still from low whoops, but I think this is a good one that kind of touches on one of the earlier questions, which is, what do you value most in your gaming collections? Are there certain types of collectibles you prefer over other? I like. I just want to have a complete like, unless it's like unless it came with a super fancy edition, I just want like a complete copy, like it. It doesn't need to have like a bunch of memorabilia. A lot of those like a lot of that stuff that like sometimes gets packaged in with a game or like pre-order bonuses. Like they're neat to look at, and I like having them. But if I can just have like a nice, well-kept copy, that is all I really, really want. Yeah, for anything I have any sort of like sentimental value for. Uh, yeah, it's got to be complete, nice, nice condition. Don't need like mint in box or anything like that. Just a nice, decent copy. Yeah. Uh, as for like other collectibles, or uh... I, I've gotten some strange things from people that keep their stuff weirdly pristine. I think I've mentioned this before. I got a copy of Ark the Lad Collection one where the guy gave me the watch that came with it, and I was like, "How did you even keep this?" <laughs> Ark the Lad Collection was weird. <laughs> yeah. All I really want, and then uh, as far as collectibles, would be probably a full soundtrack or art book. Yeah, that's, oh, that's full soundtrack is definitely a good one. 
Yeah, the soundtracks are usually nicer because the art books are usually like pared down to the most like like the uh, final game game concept art. Mm-hmm. I remember the the Persona Four art book you got for pre ordering was actually pretty good because it showed you a lot of like character designs that really don't resemble the final ones. Well, that's pretty cool. If you've, if you've ever wanted Teddy to give you nightmares, there's some good <laughs> art of him doing that. <laughs> Where he's just like a sweet, weird, multicolored, like pastel. It's terrifying. But there's some there's some other crazy ones. Uh, like there's concept art from one Chie had long hair and Yukiko had short hair, just to name a slight one. A lot of interesting stuff. That was a good art book, actually. A lot of the collectible... I, I keep the calendar that came with Amazon's Persona 4 S-Link edition set to, like, January of that year because it had a nice group shot of the characters and it was the closest thing I was going to get to a poster of the Persona 4 characters. Nice. That S-Link edition is actually apparently quite rare at this point. <laughs> yeah, I remember I looked for that at some point and it was just like, uh, nope. Um, I really like it when some games come with like uh, figures or small things like that. You know, something you put on your shelf or put on your desk. Like I have a lot of uh, little Disgaea figures. Even one from... $350. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, it also came with the shirt that was not in size human and thus I have never worn. <laughs> Uh, didn't that it come is, with? It, didn't it that come with like a the largest shirt? A Teddy plushie or something like that, or maybe it did come with a Teddy plushie. Okay, I love that yeah. Teddy plush. So yeah, that's... Oh, oh yeah. Speaking of plushies, I did like the Dragon Quest uh, six pack in that GameStop did for the little mini yeah. slime. Yeah, yeah. Any time they offer a slime plush, my defenses go down. Like I grab the. <laughs> And I normally don't buy GameStop because it's GameStop. Yeah. Yeah, but, but like, they have plush. plush. And, like, Dragon Quest Heroes on the PS, the Square Enix store also came with Slime Plush, and it was like, ah, oh, darn it. Yeah, like so I, I got that version, too. I didn't much care about that game at all, and it was like, oh. You got me. Slime got Plush. Me. So yeah. now my Slime Plush is sit on top of you. I wonder if there'll be any pre-order bonuses like that for builders. I hope so. I could believe it. Yeah, but uh, that and uh, any sort of Final Fantasy Collector Edition is like my weakness. If I had had the kind of money to blow on that like ultimate FF15 edition, it would have <laughs> happened. Mm-mm-mm. I hate you so much. Play art! I want to drop you in the ocean. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can always take solace in the fact that I stupidly bought Final Fantasy Explorer's Special Edition, even though I absolutely hated the game. I, I still, like, I told you, don't buy this. You don't like it. And you're like, no, maybe I'll like it more in English. No, you hated it just as much in English. No, I liked it a little more in English. That's still in the negatives. I got this awesome box. Was it awesome? It's pretty awesome. No, it wasn't. It, it's pretty awesome. No, it wasn't. It was pretty awesome. I'm not willing to accept this into the like as as something that happened and was said and was not contested. <laughs> so yeah, uh, 
I really like little when things come with nice figures and things like that. Obviously, the Dragon Quest plush, uh, the plush from Devil and Summoner. And one of the weirder Devil Summoner pack- too. One of the weirder packages oh, right. I, I remember would be the 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 Galleon puppet from the Punching uh, Puppet. Yes, I never did get that version. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't. We didn't have money at the time that Eternal Blue happened. We randomly wandered into Silver Star Story. Com- we did not have money for Eternal Blue. Oh. Although I ended up eventually getting uh, Silver Star Story complete uh, full package, but I didn't get the box it came in. I just got everything it came with. Yeah, we got the box and everything, and then like a friend just stole it. So you know, whatever. I think but, I uh... ended for Eternal Blue though, and, and I thought it was weird that it came with all these weird uh, pop-up things. Yeah, it came up with, like, pop-up standees. It came with, like, Lucia's brooch. Mm-hmm. Weird. Uh, oh, they... Bo- both of them came with cloth maps, and both of those maps smell horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that, it, it's, that's a weird thing to remember, but they smell really bad. <laughs> like, I remember, like, there is apparently some interesting stuff. Like, you can probably, if you're willing to search the internet, find Victor Ireland talking about trying to source places that would make these stupid things. But, like, some of those smell... Oh, like, I, I had them on the like, podcast, like, months ago talking about Summon Night 5 and other things. Oh, nice. Oh, sweet. We need to play Summon Night 5. But, yeah. Like, there's... there's he's probably got a, just a fountain of crazy stories about, you know, working designs in his heyday, but... Yeah, like, those, those cloth maps it's not weird. <laughs> so, but hey, they came out and they apparently didn't break the bank because what killed working designs was going on on PS2. Going on. I really so that's, wanted that is, game. This is probably the weirdest setting for a Fast and Furious movie. It's filming what? Cleveland. Oh, yeah. The mean streets of Cleveland. Oh. Does, does it guest star LeBron James. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, now I'm just having to think about like remembering watching the original Fast and the Furious and how Paul Walker is dead, so I'm sad now. Um, uh, working Designs? Magic- yeah, Working Designs is also dead. See what you're doing? Magic Knight Ray Earth had some nice stickers that I don't actually want to remove from the instruction There's- book. There was so much, like, heartache over Magic Knight Rares, it's kind of sad. I still don't understand the appeal of adding stickers to games. I think it's just that they're cheap to make. Like, if nothing else, like, it's it's not, like, stickers you can put on the box and be like, hey, there's stickers, and it's like, oh, that's neat, there's more stuff. But, but, like, you also don't spend much money making stickers. (laughs) So, uh, what you gonna do? Working Designs also had really nice instruction booklets. Yeah, they had the hardbound lunar instruction booklets that are the only surviving instruction booklets that I've ever been able to let survive while living outside of the box. Yeah, just their non-hardbound ones were pretty nice as well. Yeah, they were big. Yeah. There's a there's an int- an amusing uh, instruct 
action booklet that comes with Elemental Gear Bolt that has like interviews with the creators of the game and also a light gun buyer's guide. I regret not <laughs> buying that game when I could have. That game's expensive now, as yeah. with most party designs games. I'm sad that it's not on PSN. Yeah, uh, light gun games. But yeah, Elemental Gear Bolt was an interesting one. That's another and one that working is actually harder three, when they were each week so that it could be played with a controller. Yeah. If only like more companies would do would feel like it was worth the effort that like Nintendo went to to make Duck Hunt playable with a control <laughs> with like a Wii remote. But, but we do not live in such blessed times. So. I miss like like guns. We all do. Kind of. Give me a like on RPG. Oh yeah, Point Blank had an RPG mode. Go play that. Does anyone even remember Point Blank happened? Yes. Good. There were like three well, of them. I, yeah, there, there are kind of more than that. There's a DS port that's super weird. And I remember reading that they announced like another one. Weird. Also but, games yeah. that people may not remember, but how about Pang? Oh, man. Super uh, Buster Brothers, I think. Yeah, it's, the, 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 those are very much of the same vein. Good stuff. Uh, I could talk about old arcade games forever. Also really good, should. Wild Guns. And, uh, oh, Wild Ninja- Guns is so good. We got to talk about that. And the Ninja Warriors week. again. Yeah, so, Ninja Warriors. So I wonder if Nats may be up doing that. I mean, technically the license is owned by Taito, but they did make that one. Yeah, but it's like Natsume of Japan that was eaten by a particular company before that was fashionable. Uh, but man, Ninja Warriors is super good. <laughs> the ending's so uh, miserable, too. It's like, we we saved, we saved the world from a dictator, but now we got a new dictator. <laughs> yeah. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. This is not a true ninja again with a friend. Uh, now I'm remembering that time that I showed a friend that had been blissfully ignorant of it until that, that moment a copy of Castlevania Puzzle Encore of the Night for the phone, and they just sort of screeched in horror. <laughs> that hurts my head hearing the name. <laughs> yeah, like it was a puzzle. It was a bad puzzle game for your iPhone based on Symphony of the Night, and it was called Castlevania Puzzle Encore of the Night. That is an amazing. And like name. they saw that, and was they were just so sad. I felt really bad for them. Oh, I had and that on my phone at one point. Doing Metal Gear Pachi Slot games. Oh, that game! Like that, like they did, did a good job of like, okay, those models look good, but the animation that is super bad. They uh, they were not made with the obvious love that every other like Metal Gear product that Kojima touched did. But it's okay. I don't have to care about Konami anymore because they're a Pachislo company, and I don't follow Pachislo. It's okay. They can't hurt you anymore, except they kind of they kind of can. They can't hurt me anymore because I don't care what they do anymore. Do you? Even with, even with Contra Resurrections. Oh man, I'm yeah, looking forward they, to it. They basically of, made it. it they basically made it an MMORPG uh, pay to win. I guess. <laughs> that makes the least sense of anything you could do with Contra. <laughs> like the single least sane concept. Like, uh, Contra, you know, arcade uh, you know, game that takes, like, 30 minutes to beat if you know how to 
play it run gun like the fastest thing you can play yeah pay to win mmo well i i i don't know if it's an mmo but i do know that there are hit points <laughs> being done. registered and you probably have to pay to win <laughs> yeah no like i expect that because again konami is a pachislo company and that's like they are built around trying to like reel you in and then make you keep paying so Really, the fascinating thing about Konami switching businesses is that I get to find out that these slot machines with pachinko elements are have plot lines to them. Like, the concept that you could win a slot machine is baffling to me. Some of those actually have decent soundtracks, like the Castlevania Pachi slot ones. Oh, the Castlevania ones have awesome music. Like, you know, go listen to the music. To like Castlevania Pachi Slot from like 2008. It's super good remixes, but like, you know. Don't play them because they're it's bad like, slot it's machines. like Castlevania Judgment soundtracks. Like, just buy the soundtrack. Don't play the game. I felt really bad for everything to do with ha- what sort of unrealistic expectations were thrust upon Igarashi to make Judgment. Like, the- go make a 3D Castlevania game in less than a year. Maria's scenario is just sure. Feeling inferior at her breast size compared to the other female players. We we have we have five months to make this. I can't afford to write a second draft. Put it in. <laughs> that game was so low budget and so rushed. It's amazing that it came out and isn't obviously broken. <sighs> but yeah, like it. You will be set free if you prom- if you just remind yourself, Konami doesn't make video games anymore, and they aren't in- interested in my business. I think they might still be doing a couple of Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, but that's it. Yeah, the most recent Yu-Gi-Oh for PS4, Xbox One, and PC mm-hmm. that came out late last year. I, w- I really want to believe that's in the Fox engine. Card games never change. Mm-hmm. And I actually got in a discussion about this because we were trying to decide what the strangest, like, conceit for a licensed game was. And we came to the conclusion that Yu-Gi-Oh! set during the War of the Roses was the craziest idea anyone had. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the first PS2 game they released. It was like, oh, sure, why not? Huh. They realized that. It doesn't even play like the card game because it's got movement and, like, completely different rules. It was a baffling product to have ever existed. I don't, I don't understand the concept of that thing at all. I don't Listen, understand the Yu-Gi-Ohs. You learned a lot about the War of the Roses. It's fine. Every rose has its stone. No, no, we're moving on. Okay. No, can't hurt us anymore. We're moving on. Okay. Uh, so we have some. Thoughts from Michael Tripp, who sent us uh, all the impressions of Grand Night Kingdom and whatnot last time. Yeah. Uh, and we do apologize that we weren't able Grand to Grand Night History. Morning. What did I call it? Grand Night Kingdom. <clears throat> Grand Night... Excuse Grand Kingdom and Grand Night History together. Grand something. Grand Game. This America's it's new Grand strategy oh, RPG. Grand, yeah. There we go. I really want to play that. It's coming out at the end of the month, and you know, review code isn't coming yet. Yeah, it looks pretty. I'm cool. anxious. Although I have Sophie to tide me over until then, I guess. 
Oh man. I still gotta polish off seven dragons, so that too. Yeah. I gotta get it like I I'm trying to triage my game purchases, so I just need to like probably sell blood and get a copy of Tokyo Mirage Sessions and I have to convince myself that that's enough for the month. I mean that should will take up lots of time. So I need to donate like my my progen progeny. <laughs> Children, you have a new family now. I told you. <laughs> no, I was talking about about the yeah, gotcha. the sticky white stuff. <laughs> oh heavens! I'm sure you can find someone who will buy that. Oh. There's a limit to how many times you can do that in a year, though. If we don't want you to over... I don't, no, I can't finish this joke. Abort, you can always abort, donate blood. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, no, they, they don't want you doing that, but, I, you know, it's you can do it. <laughs> you just got to be careful about it. In conclusion, I'll be selling my blood to the highest bidder. Where is Blood Day? Blood Bay. Blood Bay. So, this email. Um, let's see. Uh, so, he, I mentioned Super Sting when I was talking about. Um, Stang. Super Stang. When I was talking about uh, the noir game. When, when yeah, I first I heard of Super cool. Sting, I thought it was a joke, honestly. <laughs> they actually called it himself sounds, Super Sting. It's like a joke. It it does insane. sound like a joke, and then it's like, oh, this is this is totally serious. This isn't like some weird cross promotion with, uh, I guess Sting would have been in TNA at the time. Uh, yeah, that was a dark time for everyone involved. Is TNA officially gone out of business yet? I'm gonna go look at that while you go TNA through. TNA is on a, on a new channel and apparently doing okay. So. It's on an even more low-run station than Destination America. That is correct. Okay, and now, now all their, now all the top-rate talent they produce is in WWE in the main event yeah. of either Raw or T or uh, NXT. So there you go. Yeah. Money well spent by their development. Uh so um, the blah blah blah. So he's reminding me of Generation of Chaos 6, Pandora's Reflection, which was the first Super Sting project. Uh, hmm, I'm surprised he didn't play that. I guess he he enjoyed that game. I don't think I ever played it because it was Generation of Chaos. I'm just surprised he didn't play it because it was Super Sting. Yeah. Oh. God, after they're still running a Hardy Boy versus Hardy Boy program. Let's see, after that, I don't believe Sting has done anything else under that label that I'm aware of SRPG-wise. I don't know if uh, Hyper Devotion Noir... Yes, I believe that's the name. Uh, yeah, it's Hyper Devotion Noir, like Goddess Blackheart, I think. Yeah. I don't think that technically fell under that label. Um, but, I mean... It was it was Sting, and it was uh, Idea Factory, so I don't see why it wouldn't be. But yeah, I don't think Dungeon Travelers Two did either. Yeah, it may have just been the one game, and then they kind of just dropped the title. I don't know. 
Which is a shame because Super Sting. Yeah, Super Sting. It's awesome. Why wouldn't you use but, that? For the record, TNA's ratings have stabilized, but they've stabilized for, for whatever pop TV is worth, which means 349,000 viewers. <laughs> so, uh, rip. Yeah, but hey, you know. And watch Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy eventually get suspended for being on all the drugs. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, continue. Isn't one of them their world champ? Okay, we're good. I don't Probably. Wanna... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now let's see what he's got after that. So, so yeah, Michael, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if anything else act after... Uh, that generation of Chaos game actually used the Super Sting title. But if not, that's a shame, because Super Sting. Come on! Maybe they're Super saving it for, things. like, the Department of Heaven part number four. Which I don't think is actually oh, released yet. Yeah, I was going to say, when are they ever going to do another Department of Heaven? Because weren't they going to do more of those? Is there one planned? Did, I feel like there was always meant to be more of those. But maybe I'm just like blowing smoke. I always had heard there were supposed to be more, more than the uh, like. Oh yeah, like okay. I'm looking at Wikipedia now. Episode four. Uh, okay, episode one, Riviera. Episode two, Yukri Union. Episode three apparently doesn't exist. Uh, ep- episode four, Nights in the Nightmare. Episode nine. E- episode nine, Gungnir. So there's at least five of these missing. Hmm. Three, five, six, seven, and eight are all missing. Come on, Atlas. Give give them some work. They need the work. I've seen what else they've, they've been working on. They need the work. Please. They desperately need the work, work because then you'll, you won't have to play another visual novel you don't oh, like. Oh, God. Ugh. Moving forward. Moving on. Moving on. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, moving on. Uh, I think there was... Let's see. Uh, I think the void in the last few years, and this is referring to strategy RPGs, is simply a matter of a lot of these teams no longer existing. Matsuno came back to do the Tactics Orders remake and has mostly been retired since. Sting had a huge presence with the Department of Hens series but disbanded and delegated to other franchises. I don't... Sting didn't disband. I delegated to You might to be talking about some, like, development... Uh, developer uh, mass exodus that occasionally happens, like with NIS. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely still around. They're working on... They've obviously worked on freaking Tears to Crapara. Whatever the hell that was. Tears to Tiara too. Yeah, I'm not bitter now at all. Porn. I'm not bitter at all. Um, like I said, now without porn. I'm sure they, they're they working... Well, I feel like there was something else they were working on, but I can't think of it. Uh, let's see. I, uh, Idea Factory, who did generous cash and Spectral Souls games, have switched entirely to the Neptunia franchise for the most part. Honestly, that's kind of for the better because a lot of their non-Netinia output is horrendous. Um, Idea Factory is always just, like, thrown out way more. Like, 
They've always been a company that throws out a ton of things on low budgets and just like subsists on the fact that none of them cost very much. Yeah. The only the only real good thing about Idea Factory are some of the Tunia games and their Automate brand. Yeah. But I yeah I feel like they they're doing less of the terrible things now and stuff like Fairy Fencer F. At I'm least at least they're focused impressive. a little more. Only a couple yeah. more months for uh, Dark Advent. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. For okay, that. apparently their most, their newest game is Dungeon Travelers Two Two for Sting. They they are doing the an, a sequel to Dungeon Travelers Two, so that's uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> not a bad game, but not a game I recommend. Yeah. There are way better dungeon crawlers. Yeah, Especially like you are days. not. Yeah, you are not so starved for dungeon crawlers that you need to stoop to dungeon travelers. Very true. There's statistically there's probably an Etrian Odyssey you haven't finished. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, where's where's Etrian Odyssey uh, five or three untold? Uh, five is apparently like we're we've been getting trailers for five, but just doesn't have its English release. They announced. So. I'm sure that'll come along. Uh, Shigeru Komori will return as the director of the game. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, After, and um, you know, as far as Neptunia goes, we've also got the strategy RPG there, which I like, aside from the terrible story. Um, <laughs> and let's see what else he's got to say here. NIS, of course, lost a lot of its core teams to Idea Factory a year or so ago. And Image Epoch, who worked on the Luminous Arc games, are now out of business. Uh, and I remember playing Arc Rise Fantasia. That is a badly localized video game. <laughs> I have that, and I have yet to play it. And oh boy, I'm in for something. It's not. It is not without merit. It sort of plays like a Tales game without the battle system. Hmm. So if you can imagine that, that's basically what you're getting. Very Tales of the Abyss era, in terms of like style. Now I'm just looking at Idea Factory again. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah like a Mien Hyperdimension Neptunia spin-offs. Apparently they are currently uh, uh, releasing for Vita Trillion, Trillion, God of Destruction. Is is that like is that a strategy RPG? I haven't played it yet. I'm not uh, really clear on what I have no idea. Sort type of, game it not is. really. Okay. It's definitely more of a sim, but it sort of has like a roguelike strategy element to it. That is the craziest combination of words. (laughs) (laughs) It's like uh, you play in the form of a roguelike, but you have to be strategic about it. Otherwise, Trillion will kill you really easily. (laughs) Oh, fun. That's at least an interesting concept, so that's something. At least it's not another record of Agarath (laughs) War. But, I mean, I don't think I don't feel like strategy. Oh, yeah. um, oh sorry. Go ahead. I know it's not a, a fairy fencer F, but it's it's a Galapagos project. But I am kind of looking forward to the, the eventual localization announcement for a Black Rose Valkyrie or whatever it was called. Oh yeah, hmm. I forgot about that. But yeah, there there is there are better things coming from Idea Factory. 
and that is good. If they're poaching talent from NIS, then hopefully they're getting good people. Although, yeah. one hopes that uh, NIS will work out as well. They may have that may have resulted in a disguise game that I did not. Speaking of like. NIS, I think they've gone completely insane. Uh, oh, yeah. Are you, are you hyped for Criminal Girls too? Criminal um, harder. Not I'm less hyped now that they seem to be doing Nintendo America style localization choices. I don't think they have a choice. Yeah, I think they might actually get in trouble for releasing parts of that. Uh, like th- I read through their, I read through their localization blog about the changes, and it sounds to me like it's basically make the changes or. Uh, the release is completely unfeasible in the West. Mm. Like, Even if they were to do a PC version? Uh, they, well, first they would have to convince someone yeah, to port it. Yeah, there's no PC version, and I guess it's... And it, even beyond that, like there, there's some I knew stuff that the where, first like, thing's be... supposed to be coming to PC, so I, I wonder if... Even if it releases like as a straight port, I wonder if modders will be able to put content back in. Oh, I'm sure modders can put whatever they want into there, but it's one of those situations where, like... My response would be most likely that there might actually be like questionable issues of legality at least releasing that everywhere. So, mm. and I know they said they have a company policy of not releasing an AO rated game. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's from NIS America specifically or no. That's like it's that's not, like not a... like they'd be able to. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think even... it has more to do with the fact that Sony won't allow it because no one would allow it. Like all three companies would say no, not yeah. worth it. And I think that attitude should change, but I think we need yeah have society change first. There's there's yeah. a lot of it's a really complex question how to make that attitude change. So yeah, that's one situation where. And I, I think it's kind of, uh, I think you're kind of a- attacking the wrong people if you complain about people making these localization changes because it's not particularly their fault. Unless it's something where it's like, okay, um, you know, this isn't based on the rating system. You know, this is just some weird thing. Although I do yeah. think Idea Factory's uh, localization choices are, it has, have been questionable because, like, the latest Neptunia cross spinoff game, its localization seems to be somewhat half unfinished because, <laughs> because like, they, they did the dialogue in English for, like, the entirety of the campaign, but, like, when you go to play the multiplayer for the first time, it's untranslated and it's completely in Japanese. Except for, <laughs> wow. except for wow. the dialogue actually being written on the screen. It's like the entire voice work is all Japanese. Like It's the that, one thing they haven't dubbed. That weird. sounds like something where like they literally weren't told it was going to be in the game until they had already allocated the budget. And aside from, like, that, the, the, aside from that, the English voice actors are saying random battle quotes in Japanese. <laughs> the what? English actors? What? Why? Why? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> That's just weird. I I have not encountered most of those battle quotes, but apparently that's a thing that happens sometimes. Like that, that used to happen with a lot of like really cheap localizations. Shadow Hearts does that a lot, where like certain battle quotes will be in English and certain part, certain quotes will be in Japanese. Usually, like pain grunts won't be dubbed at all, and it's just like, oh, that's no, really no, obviously no. Not no the this same is person. this is actually the English voice actors speaking in Japanese. Yeah, I know. Like that's what was making it weird, because like, oh, like if, if it was the Japanese like slipping in, I'd be like, oh, they probably just like had some sort of budget cut at the wrong time. But in this case, it's like, 
Why would you pay them to do that? That's confusing. <laughs> and, and their localizations, as of late, just seem to be one-on-one. They're more literal, so it's kind of concerning. It's like, why aren't you doing proper localizations? I wonder if they've had some staff turn yeah. over there. Yeah, like it's probably like a budget cut. Like, can we, like I could see them doing like a budget limbo. How low can we go before it starts affecting the bottom Didn't they line? have some people? I'm real. I'm pretty sad that uh, Atelier Sophie doesn't have a full dub. What? Like, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa! Wait, what? It doesn't have yeah. a full dub. Yeah, it it much like the last few Atelier games, it has a partial dub and. That sucks. It makes me sad because the Japanese voice track is bland. <laughs> it's super weird to me because it's like it, it seems like at some and, point uh, you either dub all of it or you dub none of it. Yeah. The last Gus game was sub only. Yeah, uh, Knights of Azure. Yeah, I... it's like if you don't have the budget to you know do the entire dub, don't. Do it at all. Yeah, I I did uh, not like, know about that beforehand either. So I popped that game in, and I'm like, uh, what? There is <laughs> What's nothing going on more here? distracting than a character changing voices halfway through. Like it, it's just like it's like what what parts of the game did they decide was worth dubbing and what weren't? I mean, at least with Exceeds, it um treatment of a uh, Cold Steel. It was more of a case that well, not even the Japanese version had complete voice acting. Yeah, and that's that. Yeah, that like case is super as weird. Much as the Japanese ever dubbed. Yeah, and which like is, that's fine. Which that's still bizarre though. When I read but, that, it's like, wait, the Japanese version was like this. What happened? But but even weirder though is when I play Polopokroi, um, it felt like dialogue was missing, but it was there in the Japanese version. I hadn't switched the audio track, but it just it gave me that impression. That they just filled in dialogue wherever they could because they were saving money. Yeah, because uh, like, I could see why that game would have a low budget localization just because like it's... because um there were it would switch between not voice acting and this line would then have voice acting afterwards. So it's like it was inconsistent. Weird. Like, could you not get this person's voice actor in often enough to record the scene? What happens? <laughs> Uh, and some of the dialogue actually doesn't match the script. Oops. Uh, localization's weird. Yeah. Or sometimes they'll just have a voice clip that is completely different from what the script's saying. Like, it's supposed to be like a battle quote or something like that. It's like mm-hmm. YG. I hate it when games do that. It's like okay. Oh. Now I'm all worried for some other games. I hope God Eater is is dubbed. I don't think it is. Uh. I'm not gonna pretend I'm surprised. Like even God Eater Resurrection? Then they then they're not even using the original. I'm not gonna. Localization for that? Mm. Like, yeah, probably not. If they've already no, got just because they probably have it. too many new lines, so that that would be unfeasible. Yeah. Well, but you'll buy it anyway, and that basically is the entirety of the mathematics. Will they buy it anyway? <sighs> well, uh, they aren't wrong. I will buy it anyway. 
Like, I'm looking forward to buying... C10 and 10.2 HD in Japanese. All I have to do is swap the EXEs out. (laughs) (laughs) And you can listen to Titus's even weirder chicken laugh in Japanese. Square is too incompetent to actually work in an option in the game. Oh, it was technically... Square didn't even get the RNG right in the PS4 version of that. (sighs) Yeah, Square didn't know what to do. Uh, apparently, did, there, they apparently there is a hack that lets you switch it through a menu option, but uh, the hack also does other things that makes the game just run poorly on my PC. <laughs> oh, nice. Love it. it like, I can't I, get over, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I think it just... Uh, I tried using the HD texture pack. Yeah, it, my computer's not strong enough for it. <laughs> that sucks. I just I still can't get over the fact that like they just like oh yeah the RNG seed will always start at zero when you start up the game. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Just do it. Just do it up. Fine. <laughs> what could go wrong? That's gonna Everything? be the preferred version for speed runs. <laughs> That's gonna be the preferred version for speed runs. Hey, it's actually, like oh, you can always know what the RNG will do. I actually didn't like the dub of Final Fantasy X, and I still don't. <laughs> it's it very was, it rough. Was, it has a lot of gro- it has a lot of growing pa- pains and a lot of issues with like. What's frustrating is that you can tell when they don't have to Locked look mass lip flaps. The in particular is awful. Better. John DiMaggio's not finest work. <laughs> yeah, well, John DiMaggio doesn't even remember what Final Fantasy he was in, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's a, if you've ever listened to the commentary they did over the voice track, oh, over the cutscenes from the Futurama game that was included as a DVD extra for one of the uh, direct-to-DVD movies, you can hear him trying to remember what Final Fantasy game he was in. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah, there's a, uh, like... Although, I'll uh, give props to Odin's fear of him getting all the old voice actors back to re-record lines. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. But that's Atlas, so that doesn't completely surprise me. But yeah, the thing that always bothers me about FF10 is that the voice acting gets way better when people don't have to match lip flaps. Mm. Like, when Titus is, like, monologuing to himself, he's way better than when he's having to, like, do conversations because he doesn't have to, like, match this, do this awful speed racer match to try to make his emphasis fit the lip flaps. And, like, Oren's voice acting is always super good. But as Oren's mouth is almost never visible. <laughs> like, once you see that, you can't unsee it. It's like, oh, oh, Oren voice X circles around everyone because Oren's never having to pay attention to what his lips are doing. He's uh, also the best character in the game. Yeah, that's so sure. it's fitting. Samurai when I played zombie. FF- Whenever I, when I played FF10 again the most recent time, like when I got all of the Jack Spears, all I could think was, I want a game about these guys. Like I want Jacked and Orin and Braska's dumb adventures where they hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Like they have a they have a great, great character dynamic and a perfect character arc that is ex- that is set up in so, with so much more economy than the cast dynamic of FF10. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but that's enough of my ranting. <laughs> okay, there's actually still some more in this email. Oh heavens! 
getting We've back been talking to, too much. No, it's fine. Getting back to strategy RPGs. Uh, the rise yeah. in popularity, particularly in the West, seems to be tied to two games. Final Fantasy Tactics opened the floodgates for a lot of the PS1 SRPGs we saw. And the Sky 1 and the first Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem seemed to break open the dam completely on PS2 and two of the ports. I, uh, did, did the first Fire Emblem and Game Boy Advance really do that well? Uh, it kept them happening. I guess... Um, like, we got Sacred Stones and Path of Radiance without any real uh, issue. Uh, one can speculate and hope that perhaps Fire Emblem Awakening and Fates can ignite a new wave, uh, but sadly I think that genre might have become a bit too niche for even small developers to do now. I don't think so, sir. I'm trying to think of, like, well, the issue that I, I see happening is how many strategy RPGs are coming out in Japan. Um, not as many as they used to, but they, they're still showing up. Yeah, it's just it's a smaller wave to ride, even like if someone tries to. Hey, we just got Langrisser, Langus. Oh, Lang dear Langrisser, low budget edition. Yeah, Langrisser, except mostly we had trash a budget. edition. Langrisser, we had three dollars. Please forgive us, edition. I still have to work through that, and I don't look forward to it because. <laughs> It's saying uh, something that the adjective you cho chose here was work. Or, I suppose, verb. Yeah. The adjective. Play. <laughs> I play, like, the first two missions, and so it, it, I don't know what they were thinking, because, like, it, it's lower quality than the little previous playing pressers, and it, it's directly competing with Fire Emblem Fates, and people aren't going to buy it, because it's <laughs> that inferior. Yeah, there. There's a phrase that used to get used for this: "sent to die." <laughs> um, Longrisser was sent to help, die. It doesn't help that when they localized the game, they decided to give the title uh, redundancy when they ca called it "Reincarnation Tensei." <laughs> 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 Tensei is reincarnation. God damn it! <laughs> you know, reincarnation squared. Series. My my favorite game series, uh, freaking God True Goddess Resurrection Shin Megami Tensei. Oh boy, uh, I was gonna say I think Fire Emblem will certainly help as far as other developers trying more strategy RPGs, uh, and by that I mean we'll probably see more strategy RPGs with date sim elements for sure. Now I'm just thinking about how much how much of a like tongue twister the Japanese title of the DS version of Phoenix Wright's Attorney is. It's oh. Gyakuten Saiban Yomigayaru Gyakuten. And hopefully, yeah, will that ever happen? I don't know. Ho hopefully, if anyone does more strategy RPGs with dating elements, no one tries god awful uh, touch based mini games again. Please. You don't want to be face touch. Oh, it's so freaking terrible. You just really don't want to touch them. I want to go back in time and tell myself, why would you waste any time with this freaking minigame? You... Listen, she wants you to touch her brooch. Oh, that brooch. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> no, everything is not fine. Move on. <laughs> Everything's mini... fine. Go that play minigame was a thing that happened. Why did it happen? Go play D. Go play D. What did I do to deserve that? <laughs> okay. Go play D. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. 
move past the traumatic memories. At least the PC side seems to be in the middle of a renaissance if one wants to enjoy strategy. Dude, dude, P any random uh, genre on PC is around if you really want it. Dude, you can still play. You can still Sometimes find. Tragically. You can find new ASCII-based uh, roguelikes. It's terrible. Oh, now you can find new, ironic, not actually ASCII-based roguelikes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you mean like from non-indie developers and stuff like that, you know, you got XCOM. Uh, I I guess, but even then, I think. You know those things are always kind of lingering. They're around different the They're always kind of lingering around on the PC side, regardless. It's because of the low barrier to entry. Yeah, but just someone really wants it to happen. There's a bunch of smumps on PC too. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Good times. Please bring back the smump. But yeah, I think you know I understand you you missing the old school Japanese SRPGs and you want more of that and. You know, I hope Grand Kingdom turns out... I got it right! Yes! I hope Grand Kingdom turns out to be quite awesome as well, so... Uh... I understand... I understand your frustration, but I think things are in a better shape than you seem... than, uh... you seem to There's think. There's always hope over the horizon. Yeah, like, I, I don't think uh, there's... it's, like, super dire or anything. Uh, there seems to be a decent number of strategy RPGs in a lot of genres. Genres, you know, just kind of wax and wane naturally. So I believe in them. They'll come back. If we're in a waning point, then we're in a waning point, and they'll come back around. We'll all you know. we'll all play Super Robot Wars forever. One of you has to learn. Just like hopefully 3D platformers come back around sometime soon. Please, please. Oh, I need it. We bought Ratchet. We've Please listen. Listen. This, you're basically advertising that other thing we're working on. <laughs> yeah. Probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. But I will anyway. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. We're gonna be like streaming and doing a little YouTube shoot on on platformers. So yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And. So long story short. Um, don't panic. You know, dig out your copy of the Hitchhiker's Guide and, you know, relax. Grab your towel. Grab your towel. Look at those nice, friendly letters on the cover. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Uh, Anyone else have any other thoughts on this? I've kind of been rambling for several minutes now. Which is never good. Every little thing, it's gonna be alright. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's try and find one last question, and then we'll wrap this I'll sucker up. Probably kind of die, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what RPGs have the weirdest usable items? From Lil Whoops. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm sure I've got ideas on this. Like, the problem is the first thing that comes to my mind is not an RPG. Because the first thing that comes to my mind is using Max as an item in Salmon Max. 
<laughs> uh, it's close enough, right? It's not an RPG in the slightest. It's close. That's a no. It's not. It's fantastic. The first the first puzzle in the first Simon Max game is use Max to get your orders by using him on a cat, and he just stuffed his arm into it so that he can get the orders that are in his stomach. <laughs> See, there you go, Michael. There's a little genre that came back: adventure games. So yeah. it's all good. Back in the saddle. Yeah, we'll be playing Final Fantasy Tactics two before you know it. Well, it probably won't be called that, but I'm so su- I'm surprised that. Tactics, The War of the Lines isn't on Steam yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's on everything else. Or the original Final Fantasy or Final Fantasy 2. Yeah, I would enjoy Although, that. Although, I don't know anybody who would actually want to play Final Fantasy 2. I uh, would. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> You're on the Kawazu loving show. But it's. Uh, let me just say. It's, and, it's Proto Saga, though, so it's like. And I'm here to say like, that I would not really want to play that either. I would. <laughs> Historically, it's an incredibly important game. It's about yeah. as important as Beyond the Beyond being important to Golden oh. Sun existing. Except <laughs> that Final Fantasy is a way more important franchise than uh, Golden Sun, regardless of your well, feelings. H- on historically, it. Zelda 2 is important, but I have no interest in is doing it? that thing. Okay, that's, that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> it's an evolutionary dead end. Um... Yeah, because they never did it again. Yeah, for good reason, because it was bad. It's, it is it is Miyamoto's least favorite game he ever made. Nice. Although his reasons for it are probably different than yours. Probably. Miyamoto is on record as having said that his issue with Zelda 2 is that when he normally would make a game, the game would sort like, as they were designing the game and implementing it in, on the system, they would find, like, it would create like new things would come out of it as like limitations or like new ideas struck them. And as far as he's concerned, all the two basically looked exactly the same from concept document to final release, and that was boring. Oh, well, pretty boring. So yeah, his least favorite game. It's, yeah. it's not a great game. Don't nice. play it. It was a really good idea to make Link's Sword only like two uh. centimeters long. <laughs> yeah, you know. For the challenge, for the for the challenge, it's basically, it's basically a tiny little stick. Did, yeah. did that come out? Was that okay? Here's a question: Was that pre or post E3? That was uh, pre. It's, it's like '88, I want to say, in Japan. Zelda two. I'm pretty sure E3 is a '90s game. Yeah, you may be right. Uh, in Japan, it's January 14th, 1987. Wow. And East... So it probably predates East 3 by years. Um, East 3... Wikipedia, why are you... Fail- okay, 1989. Yeah, East 3 probably took direct inspiration okay. from Zelda 2. So, Zelda 2, they were probably Didn't like... Didn't work out. Zelda 2 nearly ruined... Two franchises. Yeah, at least Aladdin's sword has a slightly larger arc. Yeah, but also the version that most people played in the U.S. has some of the worst hitboxes ever conceived the by Nintendo version. Oh boy! Yay! Yeah. Yay! That version is so bad. <laughs> like it's not a great game to begin with, 
And that version is so terrible. The so hit detection on the Genesis version is much better than the, even the PC Engine version. Yeah. Yeah, but like you're, then you're just sort of left with, oh, it's still East 3. <laughs> but the PC Engine version has a good soundtrack, but it has bad frame rate. <laughs> yeah, you know, just what you need in your action RPG. <laughs> yeah, the ideal version of that game is obviously the remake. East, the Oath and Felgana. Yes. Just forget about Wanderers. <laughs> East. We don't have to think about it ever again because there's Oath and Felgana to play. East, Oath, and I'll make the pain stop. I remember making a terrible parody dub of the game's dub that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> for, oh, for a contest, man. and I got a copy of Felgana. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. He gave it to me. That's fantastic. Yes. Although I gave I it to you. I think that has more to do with the. F- yeah, I think you were doing it for a Q and A. Oh, that's right. I think that might have more to do with the fact that nobody submitted anything. <laughs> so. hey, 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 winning that, is still winning. Yeah, winning is winning. You you took the time to submit something. Don't you, give yourself. Tri- you earned that trip. prize. And yeah, I definitely remember giving away a copy of that game. So that sounds about right. There's a gold mine of voice acting. It was hard to pick which ones to go with. <laughs> Oh my god. East 3. Uh, Alright, weird weird items. Weird items. Um, like, I'm having real trouble like thinking of like weird items you can use. Like, uh, a lot of games will just give you like armor that is like obviously not actual armor. Um, how about Adventure Time Explore the Dungeon because I don't know. Which, that seems like something you would know a lot about. Yeah, which has some weird items. Tell me, tell me true. I I remember boxers in uh, Lunar Solar Star Story, uh, or no, Lunar Eternal Blue Complete, which like do certain yeah. things. But why in the hell would you ever want to wear them? Because they have such poor stats. <laughs> no, they were important. So you had to keep them. There's so many. Trying to think of what weird items there were and explore the dungeon. Just like, you know, random adventure time things. Like there was, uh. Crap, I can't even even think of anything. There's like an ice cream cone whip. Um, Oh, that's A kitten launcher. That's monstrous. Uh, what else was there? I mean, all. I'm really surprised you didn't take the dancing book, but. Random food items for healing, like bacon pancakes. Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Uh, I think, like, random things from the show, like the everything sandwich. Uh, what else was there in there? I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look and see what some of the weird weapons were. I love that. He was uh, just dead because someone popped its bubble. The eraser eraser from Earthbound. Oh, oh yeah, Kakeshi Kakeshi. <laughs> It was originally wasn't it originally a Kokeshi eraser. It was it was like a Kokeshi Keshi or something, and it's it was a Japanese pun that didn't work, so they had to edit the sprite to make it even weirder. <laughs> and the other one was the Octopus eraser. Yeah, which got really which got localized to the pencil eraser. That was a crazy thing. But Earthbound has a lot of that because like you're using a lot of like fireworks and hamburgers. Yeah, I I feel like uh, Disgaea has some pretty weird 
items. Not necessarily maybe in exactly what the items are, but there's like weird descriptions and things like that. No, they're, they're pretty like, fun. Why there's why there's why an item called ABC gum already been shoot? <laughs> <laughs> well, you get it if you like if you use a normal pack of gum, you get ABC gum in return. Oh, that's 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 cool. Yeah, there's a little, but, uh, just, just just a little, a lot of little things like that. Yeah, but then again, like this guy also had the horse dick, so like well, it was not bereft of items that were inherently insane. So you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I don't know. Anything else we can think of? Uh, I remember being pissed off in Kingdom Hearts whenever I had to use the wooden sword. But wooden swords are pretty common. Uh, that's that's mostly it for out of the ordinary, as far yeah. as I can remember. I think there's some like other kooky stuff, but not not. Uh, this is the she from uh, Make a Man Count. The what? The Yushishi. Oh, the Yushishi. Yeah, that's more like that's not really an item you use. Like you pick it up, and it's like suddenly everything is better for me. <laughs> but, uh, it's like it's like the first instance of an energy tank, I guess. Yeah, it's it's, but it like fills everything, so it's even better than an energy tank. But you can't keep it. It's mean. Um, uh, there's probably some stuff in like Metal Max where it's like, oh, you can equip something completely insane to your tank, and I'm not even sure why this yeah. is here. But we we can't can know equip, because I think you can equip dogs to yours and at least one of them. So you know, be nice. Dog tank. Be nice if we can explore that series and find out. Someone, please. Anyone? Why isn't anybody like... localized for? I don't understand. <laughs> Come on. I'm sad. Look I at feel all. Like you could go... look, at, look at all the random trash that gets localized, and no one wants to do Metal Max. We got seriously. Freaking, it's got we cat got, tanks in it. <laughs> don't you want the tanks. cat tank? Oh. That's thing that bothers me about Mighty Number no. Nine is that none of the i the health or whatever pickups. The old iconography. Other. Yeah, like they they don't have any distinguishing features between them. That, that seems like a problem. <laughs> Other than the fact that you might have to remember what color they are. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think the graphics actually got downgraded from the demo. <laughs> yeah, it was probably because it needed to run relatively uh, consistently across th- everything, including 3DS. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it might just be a case of where they're playing on that setting so that it would record good for the trailer and for anybody who makes a YouTube video. And maybe it's an option that I could switch back between. I don't know. Guess we'll see. But yeah, it kind of does look like exploding pizza. It's, those explosions are not good, and I'm looking forward to when someone inevitably mods the PC version to just replace it with JPEGs of pizza. I opted for the PS4 version. Uh, that seems like the best version because I think it's cross-buy, so you get the Vita version for free. <laughs> mm. 
I opted for the I'm trying to regain whatever interest I had in that game. Listen, if you don't succeed, I'll play it for you, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I kickstarted it, so I'm going to get some copy of it, and I think I went with the PS4 version as well. That makes sense. Uh, well, this turned into depression, guess. Let's move on. <laughs> Although I paid the $40 here, and I think they actually ended up giving me two copies, even though my tier is supposed to be the digital art book. And oh, nice. Oh, uh, that sucks. Did you at least get the art book, too? Or? Just when I did the survey, I picked PS4, and then it said Xbox One. I was like, why is this here? Oh, pro- <laughs> I think I know why now. <laughs> Whoops. Wah, wah, wah. Such is life. So did the multiplayer mode get into the final version? Yeah, it had to. That's what's been holding it up. Mm. I didn't want to have to keep submitting it for recertification. And beyond that, like they apparently already decided what was going to be on the back of the box, and the back of the box talked to multiplayer mode. So guess what? The game has to have a multiplayer mode before it can ship. Sweet. Although Love Deep it. Silver did a very, very bad thing. <laughs> Deep Silver like, did a number of very bad things. Let's let's use, that trailer. let's use the voiceover who did the Saints Row trailers <laughs> for this game and treat it like a Saints Row game. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Bad, bad. Now, honestly, that, that company should just be blacklisted. <laughs> I can't blacklist them. I, I, them. Can't, they are in- I can't wait to see what awful that they do for the Bloodstained trailer. <laughs> if nothing else, at least they don't have, like, they're brought into the picture early enough that they can't, like, that, like, it isn't a complete surprise to backers, and their apparent obligation is to, like, release the, it's to actually, like, distribute the game. They aren't, like, the pure publisher. Whatever. I don't want to think at least a Wii U version of Bloodstained will be made by a completely different development team. Yeah, Armitage is doing both that and the Vita version. They're a good studio, so... Sweet. What but, else like, it also done? means that... I went for that version. They're, they're former Metroid Prime devs. Oh, okay. I, I knew I that name sounded familiar. I went with that version because uh, Metroidvanias and having the possibility of having the touch the gamepad have display of the map at all times is is interesting to me. I don't care if the frame rate suffers as a result. I can yeah. deal with it. I'll probably end up with the PS4 version, but it'll depend upon what they look like when they're about to come out. Yeah, I'm excited. It looks good. And, you know, I, you know, Coach Eager Karashi has had to deal with a lot of bad budgets. I feel a little bad for him. I'm looking at what Armature Studios are. Oh, they were uh, responsible for some of the various uh, ports of this and that. They've mostly been like a porting house. Uh, yeah, I knew oh, that they're, rela- they're related to ReCore, Inafune's new game. Oh, mm. nice. That game looks interesting. Yes, we will see what happens with that. So we shall see. What were, what, how did we get on this topic again? I have no idea. I feel like I've asked that for like I every apologize. question. <laughs> nah, it's fine. 
This is par this for is the course. Stuff. This is par for the course. Uh, so maybe we should wrap this thing up. Yeah. Good night, everyone. I'm tired. <laughs> Robots. It's two o'clock in the morning. I need sleep. Okay. Uh, uh, Evans, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Do you want to, uh, I guess, pimp anything you're doing right now, Eric, before you head off? Uh, I've got a review of Odin's your life roster on uh, totallygn.com. Sweet. Check and it out. Check that out. Good. Yeah. And you can check me out on Twitter at EricRBG and my podcast, RB Grinders, which is on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Wicked Radio Network. And Man, you sound like all important. <laughs> uh, and... I got my finger in a lots of pies because I'm a freelancer. Nice. Although it's unpaid work, I do plan on starting up a Patreon at some point after my life somewhat stabilizes because I've had a lot of issues with payments and stuff. Not because I have, well, actually because of money, uh, but uh, also because of weird snafus involving uh, electric company bills getting fucked up. <laughs> oh. Well, I hope I wanted to have fair money to contribute to that Patreon. Yeah, definitely. Just once my life gets back into normal, I'll start yeah. that up. Sweet. Best of luck. Definitely enjoy contributing to someone talking about lots of RPGs. You might not have noticed, we're all very fond of them. Yes, also of platformers. We like platformers. We're just going to set up a Patreon for the platformer show. Nah, probably a bad, bad idea. <laughs> then I'd have to do shit. As though you weren't already planning to? Well, then I'd have Never. to do shit on like a schedule, and you know that me doing things on a schedule is like... It's worked so well before, I've never had to horsewhip you in the past. No, of course not. I've never started a podcast recording late. Or not at all. Like, you know, right... Tonight, for example. I don't like you didn't promise me when it was going to start tonight, so I guess I can't blame you. Yeah, I think I Eric told, might be able to. I think I told I Eric eleven, and uh, I would also plug uh, the new Team Team movie. It's actually not bad. Hmm. The new there's what only movie? One, the new Turtles movie. Oh, huh. really? There's, there's only one thing really awful, and that's the explanation that they give for how uh, the mutagen works. Oh boy. Maybe that's I'll, always kind of a fool's errand. Maybe, maybe I'll give it a try. Teenage Mutant Ninja. It's, it's got to be better than the than the Activision game, right? <laughs> or the Platinum game. The, I thought that. it would have been so better probably, had they actually had time to make point. it. But you know, Activision probably made them. They make probably it. had like eight months to make that video game. Yeah. <laughs> Activision, such a. I'll great still company. probably buy it at some point when it's cheap. You always red box it. Yeah, but I don't actually have like two dollars for that, so uh, I don't have like two cents to rub together. It's a bad time. Let's not discuss this on a podcast that people will hear. <laughs> Activision will exploit the hell out of your favorite franchise. You can't stop it. Just Legend of Korra Transformers, ours. <laughs> now we have a good time. Now with movie tying games. Bye, Activision. 
Have a fucking ball. <laughs> All right, I think that is the cue to end this thing. Uh, now that we've all burned as many bridges as possible. <laughs> where, do any of us really care about any bridge to Activision? I'm sure Unless, there's probably at least a few nice people working there that will never speak to us. <laughs> I'd only care about destroying the bridge that Call of Duty is sitting on. Yeah. Oh, man. I think they're in the process of doing that. They'll do that themselves. I mean, if Activision is like, hey guys, we have this cool brand new 3D platformer, then we'll be like, here, let's build it. We'll, we'll build that bridge back right for you. And it's Bubsy. Nope. No. Burn the, burn it. <laughs> burn the motherfucker down. I've, I've been really like, I've been having these awful concepts in my head of like a Bubsy or Gex game that's about the concept of IP irrelevance, and I really <laughs> want to actually run. Oh god, Gex. Like, just Bubsy, imagine, like... The Bubsy like, X-Sonic crossover. <laughs> no, no, Sonic still has slightly more life in him. No, like, I'm just... Like, I'm just imagining, like, this world where, like, you're wandering through a half-complete half Bubsy game that got cancelled because no one cares and Bubsy has to come to terms with this. Maybe, maybe uh, Boogerman can make an appearance. Oh, man, Boogerman. No, that would be perfect. They can't even... Like, they're wrapped up in the same set of licenses, I'm sure. No, wait. I think those, I think he's wrapped up with Earthworm Jim because they were both interplay. Earthworm Jim. Go back. Go back in time and play Clay Fighter sixty three and a third, and have Boogerman fight Earthworm Jim and hate yourself. <laughs> Don't play Clay Fighter sixty three and a third. It's terrible and also racist. Alright, where were we before we degenerated into? We were trying swearing and Activision hate. I got angry oh, yes. at everything. Yes, uh, send questions um, to uh, wheels at rpgamer.com. Um, if you're an Activision employee who now hates me, I'm sorry. You can send hate to wheels at rpgamer.com. You can also tweet it at him. Yes, uh, wheels at uh, ask wheels. Uh, Dave is at fanboymaster. Eric is at oh, Eric you don't RPG. Want, you want me to share the wealth? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Goodbye. Yeah. So, we will see you next time. Thanks again for being on, Eric. No problem. Always a pleasure. All right. Peace out.